episode 176 um with my man Stephen Follis I got it right <laughs> thank you uh, right. yeah no doubt um creator of at both ends hardcore magazine correct creator yeah, yeah. and all that and mm-hmm. the main reason we absolutely we'll talk about your your magazine but this is going to be this is part four of the second five-part Bane series, which is just crazy that I'm even saying <laughs> that. Um, and, but you were, well, let's just say this. Besides the members of the bands, you've been to more Bane shows than probably anybody ever. Former tour manager for Bane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I tried to count like a couple times, and it's something like uh, about like 350 shows, something in that range, maybe you know, give or take a little bit, um, yeah. you know, Mike, Mike Bishaw's up there as well, but, uh, I think I did like, he did a lot of touring with them also, but I think I maybe have like, I don't know, maybe 20 more shows or 30 more shows than him. But like, yeah. he's also like, he's also old school, man. Like he's, he's been, been Zach and Pete's friend for like forever since high school. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So you know, like he's definitely been there much longer and been around much more than I have. But uh, when they were going like really hard, when they were doing the stuff on the note and whatnot, then like I was really, really hitting it with them at that time. Really? See, this is really yeah. cool because initially when I put out the entire, because now we're on podcast time. So this mm. is this is not going to drop technically for a little while. But um, yeah. So when I initially wanted to do the, the original five episodes of the guys with the band, like I thought it was cool just because I wanted to hear five different perspectives of things and you know, certain things, the final tour and all this and that. So, which was really fucking cool. And I have an idea of which one needs like the most work in order to get <laughs> back, you know, but, uh, yeah. so, but in order, and then once I decided to do this one, you know, with former members and stuff like that. And I'm glad that you reached out that you and you said that you and Zach were kind of joking around, but it's really cool to have, you're not necessarily a band member, but it's also a different perspective on stuff that people don't know about. You know, like you said last yeah. night, you're like a nuts and bolts behind the scenes guy, which is really cool. I think. Different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like one thing, you know, and we were sort of talking about this before. It's like, I want to be clear that, you know, like I'm not, considering myself a band member or not speaking for the band, you know? So like, right. Don't, don't, I don't want anybody to ever think like that. Uh, I'm trying to sort of, you know, I'm take this is my take on things as somebody associated with them and associated with them for a long time, not necessarily, right. you know, like I just don't want to be misrepresenting myself or putting them in any positions or anything like that. You know? Right. So, I understand that. I think everyone yeah. gets the gist because your flyer, you know, it's posted as tour manager and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, but it's good to just clarify because people get things twisted and whatever. And not necessarily the band members, possibly like a fan or whatever might mis- yeah. have it misconstrued somehow. Yeah, I yeah, I just want to like be really sure, you know, because I you know, I talked to Zach and 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 Aaron and I was like, "Hey, like, you know, like Jimmy and I talked about this, but like, you know, how do you guys feel sort of thing because like, you know, I wouldn't have done this unless they were cool with it because like, sure. you know, it, it, it's something where like like I said, you know, like I'm definitely I've spent a lot of time with them, but I'm still like not part of that creative process, you know. So it's just sure. something where I want to be really clear about that stuff. Well, you were you were a road dog with them. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I have to. Yeah. I have to ask, and I don't think I've asked anybody this ever. How old are you? Uh, th- wait, what year is it? It's two thousand twenty. <laughs> so I'm thirty nine this year. Yeah, I'm thirty nine. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. I was I was born in eighty one. So I'm a uh, 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 Zach and Pete are. I think they're two years older than me. Maybe three years older than me. Okay. And yeah, so I'm younger than everybody else. Actually, no, maybe Bobby is. A, I'm not going to talk about. It. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> maybe Bobby's a little bit younger. So yeah, I think like right. Bobby no, is because you look super young. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, this kid's like 21 years old. <laughs> I swear. I, yeah, well, I'm, do, I'm I doing my best, man. What? No, no. no. I guess, yes, yeah. So Bobby's, I think, like Bobby's, like I think two years older than me, and I think Zach and Peter are three years, and then. Okay. Like, yeah, and then Aaron and Aaron are both older, and you know Stu as well. Nice. So now let's go. Let's, yeah. Let's 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 go back, back in time. Like, what? Like, I you're in you're in Vancouver right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you were you born? Are you Canadian? Were you born in Canada? Like, what's your whole backstory, man? Yeah. So I'm I'm a you know, like where you grew up, what you were listening to, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've been living in Vancouver for like 16 years now, uh, but I'm originally from a, a town called Kamloops. That's like about like 400 kilometers inland. Like if you're driving between Vancouver and Calgary, then you sort of have to drive, you'd have to drive through Kamloops to take the most direct route. And it's like a small town. It's like, I don't know when I was growing up, it's like 80,000, 70, 80,000 people there. So, you know, it's a, it's a small place. And, um, uh, originally I grew up on a ranch outside of the city cause like my family's from a, a, a ranching background. So, um, not like the typical, uh, you know, not the typical path to grow into no, hardcore. That's, so, not, that's yeah, why yeah. I wanted to get into that because it's yeah, definitely yeah. very different, which is very cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, um, music definitely wasn't part of anything when I was growing up. Um, because like straight up, like we were living like, you know, 30 miles out of town, you know, like we, you'd get like two AM stations out there. You'd get like two TV channels and like those, one of the TV channels only worked like half the time, depending on the weather, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, like, you know, we're living on a ranch and we're, we're running, you know, like 500 acres and a hundred head of cattle. And it's like, um, you know, it, it might sound big for somebody from the city, but like, it's pretty much, I would say like, the maximum you could handle as just a family running a ranch, you know, like anything bigger than that. And then it turns into like, you're having to get like hired hands or something like that because it's, you know, like you're you're busy. You were like 30 miles away from like the nearest like store. Oh no. I mean like there was like a, uh, you know, like there, there was like a gas station down, you know, down the highway, like, you know, like whatever, like five miles or something like that. And then like another five miles the other way, there was a corner store with a gas station, but like, you know, it's straight up like, 
you know, in the forest, man. Like, yeah, I was man. straight up living in forests, like, you know, as ranchers do. Yeah. Poof, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Like, you know, uh, it's definitely, uh, I always felt it was it definitely some cool aspects to it because you get to do like pretty much whatever you want out there. And, you know, like from a young age, like, you know, like it was driving tractors and like doing like ranch stuff and like, you know, pretty comfortable around like big animals that could, you know, kill me, but yeah. you know, like, you know how to handle yourself and stuff like that. And, you know, it gave you like a lot of freedom. And, uh, but at the same time, like, I think that, um, you know, sort of stunted my maybe like social growth in a way, because it's not like you're hanging out with kids because right. there are no kids, you know, like the closest friend I had was like about a mile away, you know, like, so it's like, okay, like I have to hop on my bike and I have to ride, <laughs> you know, yeah, man. like I have to ride about a mile or a mile and a half to, to get to them, you know, through like on our property. So it's not as if it's roads by any means. It's like, you know, like, uh, basically like cow paths and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like it was, it was cool, but it was definitely something where it was like, I'm really out here and like, I have to find my own entertainment, you know, because yeah. like, if we're not, you're not going to the movies, you know, like, it's not like you're going out to eat, you know, like stuff like that. Like it's not happening out there. So, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely like different because I think some of it's different because like, um, you know, like that, that part of like my dad, that's what really interested him. And my family had a lot of history in that area as far as being like the first sort of settlers there. But like, uh, I, the rest of my family is really like uh, on the scientific and academic background. So right. you know, a lot of like university teachers and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. so there was yeah. no like real, like, um, like there was no, I mean, you already pretty much answered it without even me asking this. It's like, there was no music playing in the background in the house or anything like that, huh? No, I mean, at AM, like, st like, at AM station. No, I mean, it was like, there was like a country station and there was like, you know, greatest hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s type station, which is yeah. basically like, we're just going to play Bob Seger and <laughs> whatever, right. you know. Uh, but yeah, so like, you know, like my parents divorced and I moved into the, you know, the city being like an 80,000 person town or whatever. Uh -huh. um, and like, um, yeah, so, you know, from there, like, uh, eventually it's sort of funny because like a lot of people got into to punk rock through, uh, through skateboarding and that. And like, sure. just because of where I was, I actually got into it through snowboarding which is because it's in the, you know, in the snowboard videos. Sure. And, and because I was getting into snowboarding at the time and like, but I didn't really realize it was like punk rock at the time. You know, I was like, Oh, I like this, but you know, I don't know what it is because I don't have any like frame of reference for like, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was, it was like a bit of a strange path, you know, to get into punk rock and, um, and, and, and you know, like, but the good thing is that my town is like, and this is how I met the Bane guys is like, or well, the Barrett guys first and the Bane guys is that like, if you're a band on tour in Canada and you're playing a show in Calgary and you're playing a show in Vancouver, like, you know, you're driving through Kamloops and it's a like 12 or 14 hour drive, maybe, maybe like a 16 hour drive, depending on the weather. So like, you've got a choice of basically like, you know, doing the whole thing in one night or, you know, killing yourself. Or like actually literally killing yeah. yourself because the roads are like it's dangerous roads out there 
I'm you know, sure. like taking a day off and then just, you know, you're just blowing money, you know, which no band wants to do. We're taking a show in Kamloops or something like that. Yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, cool. You know, like it's not going to be a huge show, but like, you know, we might draw like a couple hundred kids and it's going to more than pay for gas money. And like, you know, I'd put them up at my house and my mom would cook a dinner and stuff like that. So it sort of got me into like, because like it got me into like getting involved in bands that like, you know, normally like you would have a lot of like, you'd have to spend a lot of time in the scene to get to work with, with bands of a certain caliber. And for me, it was like, Hey, like I'm doing shows. If you guys want something like I'm here. So I was working with some like pretty like, you know, higher up punk bands we'll say like from a pretty, pretty early start. So, uh, yeah. What, so, what so time frame. What, what year are we talking about right now about? So, I mean, like I started to get definitely like into punk rock, like as more like understanding what it was and stuff like that. And like getting involved in the going to shows in that and like, like 97 ish. And then in 98, um, 98, I was doing shows like, so, so campus is a bad history with punk rock. Like it basically like, you know, there were, there's like a lot of punk rock in the eighties and there's this band called desperate minds who are like really cool. And sort of like, I became friends with those guys a bit. And it's cool because it's like, you know, like, you know, you know, like you're from New York. So you're seeing like bands touring the world all the time. Sure. And these guys were like, we're, we're banned from Kamloops in the eighties. And, you know, we're touring all over North America. We're bringing bands in here internationally just through like, basically like hard work and stuff like that. So it was like pretty eye opening to me because I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this can be done. You know, it's not something that's like super, super far away. Yeah. You know, like it's like, it's been done before and it's been done in the eighties. Sure. And it's been done, you know, there's a very well. different way to contact us. The only reason why I ask like what time frame is because all right, you're doing shows and you're asking the band guys, if you need anything, I'm here. It's like, how are you yeah. getting in touch with people at that point? Like, you know what I mean? Like there was no Facebook or anything like that. Oh, no, no. You know, I mean like, like, yeah. So, so like, I guess like, I guess I should say like the reason I got into shows is because like, it's sort of a funny story because like, well, it's not really funny, but basically like there was <laughs> this, sh- basically there was this show and like uh that happened probably like 90, 93 or 94 and the promoter was a sort of a sketchy guy he sold out the, he sold out the hall but basically like everybody wanted to see the last band playing so the way it was told to me he sold out the hall nobody showed up so he just kept selling tickets so you know it's like a 300 person hall and he's got like a lot more people <laughs> than that in there and the the it was in a residential neighborhood and somebody's like you know, called the cops and were like, Hey, there's kids all over the place. Not being like shut down the show, but like, Oh, there's kids all over. What's going on. Yeah. And like, you know, and the cops showed up and they were like, there are way too many people in here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, so it got like, and the, and like normally that kind of thing, like nobody cares, but basically the biggest hockey tournament in Canada was happening at that same time in Kamloops. So like, at the time the game was ending was the time when the cops were shutting down this show. Oh, so shit. basically there's like national news trucks in town who are like, what's okay. Well, our job's done. Tonight. Oh, there's the, something's going on over here. Yeah. So do you, remember, like, do you remember what show that was who played? Yeah. Yeah. It was the smalls. They were the headliner. And then I don't know. I don't know who else. I can't remember. Like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't, I feel like, punch buggy might have played like some bands that no no nobody would know of you know like the smalls right. were sort of a terrible metal band but like okay. a terrible like sort of like 
I want to say like helmet-ish. That's not really accurate, but basically like really big with like uh, really big in towns that don't get any other shows. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know? I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, so basically it shows up on the national broadcast for the news, like punk rock riot in Kamloops, <laughs> you know, okay. just because like all the networks were in town for this. So this my is grandmother weird sentence, punk rock riot in Kamloops. Oh yeah. It's Strange. like goofy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, so yeah, I mean, it was on the national news and I remember that my mom said my grandmother called and was like, <laughs> I just saw the news from Kamloops. Was Stephen in the punk rock riot or something like that? That's great. And like, I mean, I was at the hockey game because like, at that time, like we had the best hockey team in Canada, like in the early nineties, like the Kamloops Blazers were like, like the best, you know, it well, was like Kamloops, unreal. Kamloops Blazers. So okay. like, so it's like junior hockey. So it's like basically like high school kids, you know, the best kids from there are getting drafted and they're playing for like the Rangers or, you know, the Islanders or wh- whatever, you know, but like, these are all like high school kids with a couple 20 year olds. And I mean, like the thing is, it's really difficult with that type of hockey is like, keeping a team competitive because like every, every year you're losing players because they just, they're just too old, you know, like, so like some of them are just going to wash out and like, you know, they're done and then they go off and do university or or hockey or whatever. Some of them maybe sign a pro contract, but for the most part, like every year you're bringing in like five or six new players to the team because like five or six are too old. So like maintaining that level of, of like a good team is like, really really impossible in a lot of ways because it's like how do you like how do you for like five years in a row have like basically the best team in canada you know like your scouting has to be unreal so so the the blazers they won they won the memorial cup which is like the big uh the big the big trophy for for that level of hockey in canada like three three out of four years during that time which is like crazy you know like it's just yeah it's it's unreal so so yeah, so we were hosting a tournament that year and the news vans were in town, didn't have anything to do that night. And we're like, oh, let's put our cameras, let's put our cameras on this thing. Great. So, so <laughs> anyway, long story short, it basically shut down shows in Kamloops for a long time because like we got a lot of bad press and like, this was before I was, I was really into punk rock, but right. basically like nobody's willing to rent a hall. Nobody's willing to do anything. So I was like, okay, like nobody's doing anything. Like I want to see more bands play. Sure. Like it's, I've got to get this going. So my, my friend, Nicole and I like really, really put in a lot of work to get this going. And we like basically to get anyway. So basically to then meet the Barrett guys, I'd put up an ad in, in like a record shop in Vancouver and was like, basically saying like, Hey, like anybody wants a show in Kamloops, call me, you know, I'm willing to do shows. They might not be big, but like, we'll get you gas money with your place to sleep. And it breaks up the drive and like, there'll be, you know, maybe not a lot of kids, but the kids that are there will be, you know, maybe not educated about whatever like style of punk you're playing, but like, they're just happy to have something happen, you know? Sure. And like, yeah, man. you know, like we're, we're talking about a town where it's like, you're getting like one show a month, you know, like that's, you know, like, it's like, Oh cool. There's a show this month or there's like two shows this month. And it's like, damn, two shows in a month. Like, yeah. That's a big deal. You know? Yeah. So, I, was, so, yeah, I, so, I wasn't familiar for some weird reason. I don't know why. I mean, I can't be hip to everything, but I wasn't familiar with Barrett until I started talking with Zach. Yeah. They were like yeah, on the radar mean, for me for some weird reason, but probably because I'm um, in New York, just different stuff. I don't know, but yeah, I heard that they, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, I heard from, from a few people, they were kind of like a, they were kind of like a big deal for a little bit there. 
Yeah, I mean, like, um, I never really liked Barrett. Like, I mean, it's it's like I'm a, into like a lot of the like the heavier stuff and like a lot of the like real sort of like off time weird stuff. But they were a lot more on the like real like metal metal yeah. tip of things. So it's something where I'm like I can watch it and I'm like, oh, it's cool. But it was never something that I was like. And it's definitely like, oh man, they go nuts at this show. But it was never something where I was like, oh, this is the greatest band in the world. Right, but they like, didn't blow you away, but they were cool enough. Yeah, and and like there was definitely like you know like they had their pockets, you know, where they did really well, like out east, you know, Massachusetts. Oh, like sure. I think they did like really well in Quebec, and and you know like they had their pockets where it was like people were like, oh shit, it's Barrett time, you know, like this is this is <laughs> it's about to go down, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, so basically like, um, they were, Barrett was doing a tour in summer 99 and they were, uh, their tour was like, um, I feel like it was one of the guys from Countervale, but I could be wrong that he was booking the tour for them. And I think he got like, I think he had like a, and I like, I, I, I don't know 100% of his Countervales. Don't quote me on this, but it was somebody in California was booking the tour. And then he had some like bad heart problems or something like that. And like, you know, had like, I mean, you know, deadly stuff, you know, and basically Barrett was out on tour and they didn't have shows to get them home, you know, and this guy was not in a position to be booking stuff. So, you know, like calls went out along the coast and like one of the guys in the record shop knew one of the guys, you know, associated with this stuff. And it's like, you know, I'll talk to this guy, Steve and Kamloops, you know, like maybe he can help you out. And I was like, you know, like, yeah, totally. Let's do this. Like, you know, not knowing anything about, uh, uh, uh you know, Bane or, or Barrett or anything about this stuff, but like, it's like, Oh, cool. Like a band is coming through. Yeah. We're doing this, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, it was, it was a rough show, you know, like, because there just weren't that many venues. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I was doing a lot of shows in my garage at the time and like, it was really cool that my mom would let me do that. Yeah. But, like, I was going to say, that's awesome. That like, you have yeah. these band members, you're throwing shows in your garage and you have band members come and stay at your house and shit like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, it was a lot of fun. Like some of the shows would be like pretty big, like, you know, like murder city devils played in my garage and it's like, I don't know if you know them at all, but like I'm not familiar. Oh dude, they're like, they were on sub pop and they're like, um, sort of like a, like they're sort of like hardcore guys, like associate guys, with the hardcore scene, but they're playing like a sort of a stooges thing. Okay. So it's like, like rock and roll, but it's like really like I'm trying to think. They're very unique, and the band kills. Like I mean, like I'll, you check know, them like, out. I'll definitely yeah. They're like they're they're unreal. Like the drummer, uh, the drummer plays in Big Business now. If, if you know them at all, um, but yeah. So like uh, you know, like they're especially on the West Coast, they're like a really big deal. So like you know, like they played in my garage. It's nuts, and like they light their symbols on fire. So like you know, they, they pour alcohol on, light the symbols. Flames go up and then just like right across the roof of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was like, yeah. So, 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 so like a, it would be anywhere from like basically like two or three people would show up to, to you know, some nights it would be like, I think we capped it at like uh, 50 just because, you know, it's a two car garage type thing. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know. 50 kids is a two car garage. Everybody has to relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like they'd set up merch in my living room or whatever, and like you know, kids would come in, take off their shoes. That's <laughs> buy merch, awesome. You know, dude. like that's great. That, 
yeah so like it was cool um you know and we're lucky because we lived on a corner so there was only really like it wasn't as if we were like slotted in super close to other houses but right. like you know still so anyway so i'm like okay cool uh this band barrett's come to town and it, it was like i was you know like i didn't and like i don't this is not to slight them but i was like i don't really care who this is it's a you know as far as i'm concerned a punk rock band tour through we're you know we're doing this so like you know I got this other band that was supposed to play and they just like had the PA. They didn't even show up because they just like forgot about it. And like, you know, and Barrett like in typical fashion shows up like super late, you know, like, and I'm freaking out and I'm like, Hey, you guys need to be here at like five o'clock because you know, like we need to get this thing going like around six thirty, because like, obviously like you guys are going to, you can't really have this go past eight o'clock you know, because like neighbors and stuff like that. Sure. And I mean, they showed up at like seven o'clock or something like that. And I'm like, and like, and I'm freaking out because like I've got no clue where they are. And the opening band just like straight didn't show up. And I'm still like, I haven't heard from this Barrett band like all day. I don't know what's going on. And like they roll up and I'm like, okay, we need to get this show going super quick, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I'm like, they're like, okay, cool. So they set up and they're like, where's the PA? And I'm just like, Oh shit. The opening band was supposed to bring it. And they completely flaked. And I was like calling. So like, basically we, I I had to drive, get like a PV bass amp for somebody to sing out for, 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 for B-Shaw to sing out of because B-Shaw was singing Mike B-Shaw, uh, you know, who wrote it for Bane was singing in Barrett at the time. So it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this is awful. There's like three people from Kamloops that show up. There's a town that's like two hours down the road, two and a half hours down the road. And like six people show up from there because they were like definitely into like the, the sort of the heavier, weird, hardcore stuff that, that I was into. But, you know, they knew, they knew who Barrett was. Right. And um, so it was like, you know, like eight people at this show, like maybe 10 people at this show. Like, I mean, it was, I don't know, 12 is being generous, but like, right. um, you know, uh, they were like, just happy to play, you know? And like, they saw that, like, I mean, I should say that when, whenever, I think it was Pete that came up to me and was like, Hey, so, uh, where's the, uh, so, uh, what do we sing out of? You know, like Pete's really chill. And I was like, Oh shit. And I, I definitely like took my hat off and threw it on the ground. And that became a story for like, that's a Bane story now for, oh, like, forever. It was like, <laughs> Steve, the guy who threw his hat on the ground. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, so basically, like, they play, they finish, and as they finish, the cops roll up and are like, yo, shut this down. And it's like, all right, like, all right. it's done already, you know. Perfect and, timing. And, yeah, perfect timing. And then, uh, yeah, and then basically, like, um, yeah, they hung out that that night, and we got along well enough, you know. Uh, and I was like, you know, gave them, you know, I don't know what, but, like, money out of my own pocket as well. But they were like, they said it was, like, one of the best nights on their tour because they were like, Oh, it's like, cool. like we can sleep here and we can like eat here. Right. <laughs> they joked like, we don't, we're not sure if we want to leave. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's good shit. But, yeah. I think they had like one more show after that. And then they drove all the way back to Boston or all the way back to Worcester. Like basically <laughs> like, you know, like their tour felt really fell apart. You know, it was, it was a bad, bad time for them. You know, yeah. like Pete and Zach are the ones to really be, filling you in on this stuff but right. so yeah so so basically that's how i got to know those guys and then uh 
I was doing shows still and uh, in that fall and this band Grade out of Toronto. I don't know if you know who they are. They're on, on Victory. Yeah, Grade was like unreal. So, um, so uh, I was working with this booking agency that was primarily doing like college stuff. But um, they were sort of like, well, you know, like this band Grade tour is coming through and like, you know, like, uh, you know, do you want to do this? And I was sort of like, ah, oh, yeah, like I like the gray band, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with those Barrett guys again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was actually like thinking about that for a little bit. I was like, it was such a hassle with them last time. I don't, do I want to deal with this Bane band now? <laughs> so, hey, man. Fuck. yeah. So this was like, this was like probably like early November, 99. So like grade was touring on their under the radar record and uh it all came down uh, it all comes down to this it just came out so they were doing a they were doing like a tour together across north america and um yeah i mean the show turned out like really well you know like we had um i don't know like probably about like just under 200 people there uh you know which is like really good you know and and a lot of it was helped out by this band called choke uh who were touring as well you know, like they never made a name for themselves in the U.S., but in Canada, they were like, like they were like a really sort of technical punk band, and they were like they were really popular across Canada. But like, and they basically opened like every Fat Records or Epitaph tour, you know. So like they were getting a following, and um, you know, and they were they were really the big draw on that bill. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, so it was like a six band show, which is like not something anybody ever wants to do, but. Right. Um, because it was like two tours basically coming together in the same spot. And sure. definitely this, this new metal band from Kamloops, they like, they kept restarting their set because they were like blowing all the breakers. Cause like they oh, had like, yeah. it was just like, it was just awful. I mean, like we were like, you know, like we weren't playing in normal venues. Like, I mean, like this was like a, this was like a born again Christian church that was based out of like a former, like former like like spa and like gym type thing in some basement you know right like, i mean like like i'm scrambling to get any venue you know like i mean like i was doing shows in a like a warhammer shop for a long time you know because the guy was like you know like if you can help me pay rent then i'll i'm totally happy to do your shows i have no clue about this music but like you yeah. know and the guy and i got along super well and it was just sort of like you know, like, yeah, dude, like, if you give us this spot, like, I will do shows, you know, like, and I will help you pay your rent, you know, if this thing can happen. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, we were, like, it's not like a place of formal venues. It's a place of, like, maybe you can get a Legion Hall, but that's, like, 500 bucks. So that band had better be drawn, you know, yeah, really well. That place yeah. out, sure. Yeah, you know, so, and I definitely, like, did some shows in, in that size, you know, but, like, pretty few and far between because, yeah. like, 500 bucks is, is 500 bucks, you know? And like, yeah, we're talking about a small town. So, um, yeah. So a lot of it was like very informal stuff. Lots of, yeah. Lots in my garage, lots in like the, you know, practice spaces, things like that. So yeah. anyway, so yeah. So, so like being great come through and like, you know, we, we get along really well and it was, it was like, it was really cool. Um, and this is the first uh, time you met, this is the first time you met like Bedard and yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, that was the first time, that was the first time I got to meet like Bedard and Nick Brannigan yeah. and, and, and Dahlbeck, you know, and, uh, and, uh, Trey McCarthy was with him as well, who does death wish, you know? So yeah. I was like, went up to him and I was like, Oh, Hey man, like I'm the promoter, Steve. And he's like, Oh, you're the guy who threw this hat on the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here we go. All right. 
it's all right. That's, that's cool. You know, like it, I, they, they recognized that I was definitely like, uh, uh, you know, as frugal as possible, putting that stuff on and, and really like, you know, that was it for me. It was like, how can I basically like, you know, shave all the expenses possible so I can get bands an extra hundred or 200 bucks, you know, so that they like, not only are they happy about playing here, but they're happy enough to like, be like, yeah, chemicals wasn't bad. You know, like the promoter paid us like genuinely well for like the draw that we had, you know? So like, and there, there were some bands that were like, we never expected to get this kind of money out of, out of here. And it's like, for me, I'm like, yeah, cause I didn't rent the like big rock lights in a special stage and like all this and all that. It's like, let's just cut, cut everything to the bone, you know? And like, that's like a lot of the way that the Boehner operates it as well. So it worked out like, you know, that like a lot of my thinking worked really well with their thinking where like, sure. they're not the band that needs like, oh, well, we need like big rock lights and we need a big stage they and we need a crazy big, rider. They don't give a shit about that, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, they do you have a PA? Backdrops. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a yeah. backdrop. I saw one little small one at the final. Yeah, thing. I know. <laughs> like three feet across. The last time they played This Is Hardcore that I was there, they actually yeah. took a t-shirt with big pieces of duct tape and literally just duct tape the yeah. shirt behind Nick's drums. I mean, Dude, behind that, uh, Bobby's yeah. drums. Oh yeah, I mean that's Bane. Like there was, there yes, was I uh, love that. I love that. There no was like frills, no, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter. It, it it's sort of funny because like there was, I remember there was brief talk once about like, oh, should we get a banner? You know, because like everybody we know has a banner. You know, like one of those big ones that like fills the stage and whatever. And somebody said well, they know what band they're watching. You right. know, like we don't have to put our logo up here. <laughs> like, they know they're watching us already. Right. Like, exactly. What are we trying to do? And they're it's like, not yeah, wrong. <laughs> they're not yeah, wrong. Because like, and, and like those, those banners are awful, man. Like those things are so heavy. And like, because like I toured with a band who had one because we did like a, we did a really, really big opening tour in the US. So they had like ones that would fill like, you know, like the background at Roseland and stuff like that. You know, like wow. we're talking like, venues like up to 4,000 people right. and like I mean like they have to be uh you know like fireproof and they weigh a ton and they're like you know they, they just like have to worry so much about like how do we get this up you know are we even playing venues where like it's going to look good because I've definitely seen bands that play in venues and it's like yeah they've spent all this money on this this backdrop and it's like you only see half of it because it's designed more for like their their festivals you know where like at a at, you know, you're playing a festival in Europe and it looks great. Yeah. But like you're playing a club in North America and it's just yeah. sort of like, like, what am I looking at? You know, yeah. but you've not, got not it. Bang. Not bang. Bang. Slap yeah. it. Not bang. Get the merch guy over here. Give me like a large t-shirt. We slap it on the wall. Yeah. That I love. Yeah. That. I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, like the, the, the frugal approach to touring, you know, and the, that, the, you know, is really like one of the main things that kept being going for so long because it was like, you know, like, like, you know, we'd get, you know, even we're, if we were getting hotel rooms, you know, we definitely, I mean, a hotel room once in a while is nice, but like, I mean, I was always up for like staying at somebody's place, you know, because it's like, oh, cool. And especially because like, I'm not the one generating the money to pay for the hotel room, but like, it's like, if we can stay at somebody's place, then we're staying at somebody's place, you know, yeah. if we can, and it's like, if we get a hotel room, we're getting one and we're getting the cheapest one we can find. And I'm on the floor and Zach's on the floor and like the other guys split the bed, but like, you, you know, like we're, we're cramming everybody in there. And it's like, we're also looking for the cheapest hotel in a somewhat safe area. <laughs> yeah. Good luck you know, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's like, you know, it, it was something that like, I think a lot of bands really misunderstand is like how to do, do well as a band, you know? And, and I guess like, you know, a friend of mine was, was talking about it. He was saying that like a lot of musicians, uh, a lot of musicians like the accoutrement that comes with being a musician and they feel that that's what legitimizes them as a musician when that's really doesn't really do anything. It makes you maybe feel good about yourself, but it doesn't like, doesn't like make you a better band or it doesn't, you know, increase your draw or it doesn't do this or it doesn't do that, you know? Right. And, and so, and Bane like saw through that because they're, they're hardcore dudes. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, like we are here, we're here to play shows and like, you know, not to sound like uh, we're here to play shows and we're here to keep expenses as low as possible because you know, not in a sense of like being greedy, but basically like, we have to take as much home money, as much money home as possible because of course. We're, we're touring, you know, so much every year that like the difficulty is in keeping, you know, like jobs at home, yeah. you know? So, so it's like, you know, like, and it's definitely not like, Oh yeah. Like gives all this money. It's like shit. Like, you know, if we, if we, if we get only one hotel room instead of two, you know, maybe that's an extra, you know, maybe that's an extra hundred bucks a night, you, you know? And like an extra hundred bucks one day or another really means nothing, but an extra hundred bucks over, you know, whatever, like a month long tour, you know, yeah, it means something. It means something, you know, like, you know, so it's stuff like that where it's like, you know, like, so I think Bane and I meshed really well because like, you know, I, I saw through like a lot of that stuff and they saw through a lot of that stuff, you know, and, and it's sort of like, you know, I think there was sort of like a, a good, like a, 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 a yeah, a, 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 a similar philosophy, I would say, you know, to operating. Yeah. So. so, so that show went well. And then how long after, like, what was the conversation like, or how did it come about where they were like, yo man, like, how did you become the tour manager for them? Well, I mean, that took a while because that was in 99. And like, I was, I was working at an engineering firm at the time. So I had a job that was, you know, keeping me pretty tied down to Kamloops and, um, I ended up going on tour with some friends uh, called Manin who are out of Toronto and they, they were on Vagrant. I don't know if you know Vagrant at all, but like, much, no. so, so Vagrant like 20 years ago. was well, not nuts. very hip to Canadian hardcore. No, 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 no. So, so like, so Vagrant was like a really big label in the U.S. And like, so it was like Saves the Day was on there after Lefty Provision, like From Modern to Ashes was on there, like uh, Alkaline Trio, uh, Raging the Full Effect, like, we're talking, uh, oh, Dashboard is on there. You know, we're talking bands that are like straight up killing it, you know, like drawing like two, three, 4,000 people a night in some places, you know. And Menin had really made a name for themselves in Canada and uh, a vagrant took a chance on them. And I don't think it really panned out because like Menin's really like a weird band, you know, like they, they're like, they're the kind of band where you watch them and you're like, okay, there's crazy stuff going on. I don't know if I get it but the energy is unreal. So I can't take my eyes off. it. I mean, like they, you know, like, you know, like they'll give any band a run for their money on their shows, you know? And like, they did really well going across Canada, basically like going out, playing every town, meeting people, getting to know everybody. But like, if you're playing like smaller venues, like two or 300 people, then you can see that show and it's wild, you know? where you can see that show to 50 people and you're just like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm a fan for life, you know? And like, uh, um, you know, but like when you're putting that on like bigger stages, then it's something that like doesn't always transfer because like, you know, like 
it's tr like taking the energy of a, like you really have to know how to work those big stages, you know, and I'm not saying that they didn't develop into that, but it's like the kind of thing where like the, the energy that they can create in a 200 person or 300 person room is a very different experience than the energy you can create in a two or 3000 person room, Absolutely. you know? Um, so like, they, I did one tour with them across Canada and then basically that fall came up and it was like, okay, so, um, like they got offered to open for saves a day and taking back Sunday for three months. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I, I left, I left home the first week of September and I got back and the tour ended, uh, just before Thanksgiving, nice. like, you know, like the, the tour line that I have, like, it's unreal. You can barely read the dates on it. Like, it, it, you know, it was something like, I don't know. It was something like, yeah, like 80 something shows in like, you know, like 91 days type thing, you know, like it was, awesome, yeah. So, man. yeah, I mean, and those guys, Menin without, you know, the, 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 that going that long and that style of tour is not like going that long is fine for me, but that style of tour and working with that world was not really something that worked out for me. So we, we parted ways after that, but like those guys go and kill, like they would go and tour like, like just insane amounts, you know, like they, they were one of the hardest working bands I've ever seen. And like, but their, their music is also like pretty strange. So it's not something that like, if you're playing to a saves the day crowd, that a lot of saves the day fans are going to be like latch onto, you know, and be like, Oh, cool. I get this because like Manin deals with like weird time signatures and like odd harmonies and like songs with like a million different parts that are maybe like five minutes long. And, you know, it's not the like three minute catchy pop song that it's like, right. going to really grab people, you know? Sure. So like definitely watching them was like always like always really good, but it was also something where I was like, this is not my world. And this is not like, this is not where I want to be, sure. you know? And, and, and so like, it was definitely something where like things didn't, you know, uh, we weren't really getting along on that tour. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that like I got out and, and, you know, and we're, we're French this day, you know, but like, it was still cool because it was like, you know, like saves a day were like unreal live, you know, like, especially at that time and like taking back, like, and I didn't know saves the day and I didn't know take, taking back Sunday. I, but I like, was unfamiliar with that band until the f actual final Bane show. I saw them twice. Oh, yeah. Final Bane show. And then I yeah. saw them, I don't know, last year or oh, shit. Was it last year? Yeah. Last year at this is hardcore. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So like I was seeing them and it was a different situation because like in reverie came out and it was tough because like, you know, like in reverie wasn't, really well received because they put out, uh, I think it was stay what you are before that, that everybody loved. And uh, I can't remember the, uh, uh, the one that they toured Bane on or not. Yeah. What's that can't slow down. And then there's the really, really popular one with them sitting on the couch and like, you know, like they were all cool. And like, I'm still in touch with Chris and he's like, you know, the nicest guy in the world, you know, but it was like, what you saw was very different from what they were doing at that time. You know, it was really tough for them because like they did this big tour and their sound changed a bit going to a major label and then the label folded mid tour. So basically they were like, you know, like, oh, great. People are not liking this new record and we don't, our label just went poof, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and, and, but it was like watching them, like I, I didn't know their songs. So like I would be in another room and I like, it was so good that I thought that they were playing house music. 
you know, like that's how good they were. Like yeah. just like unreal watching them. I was just like, this is, this band kills. This band is not my style, but what they do, they do really well, you know? Right. And like, you know, and taking back Sunday as well, they're like, you know, like I've really grown to love the band, but like at the time, like I hadn't heard them. So trying to get used to them, watching them and really only watching part of their sets because I'd still be having to deal with, you know, the sort of the back, back room stuff, you know, from, from me most of the time. Right. But, you know, like those, those, those guys come from hardcore. So it's like bond over that and stuff like that. And, and it was like really cool that way, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm still in touch with Fred and, uh, um, you know, I haven't talked to the other guys for a while because they just don't tour up through here, but right. like, you know, it was good, but it was also like, they're on buses, we're in a van, we're doing bus drives every day. So it's like eight hour overnight drives every day. You know, it was like, it was a real, real tough tour, you know, yeah. uh, and it was like, you know, three months long. So yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah. So, um, basically I had, um, the, uh, the, the first tour I was going out to do the cross Canada thing. Uh, I was like, I contacted, I don't know, Zach or Pete. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to be out in Ontario. I'm going to go to East. You guys are touring through with, you know, like you guys are touring through Toronto. Can I like hop in the van in Montreal, ride with you guys for three shows, drop off in, uh, uh, you know, Toronto. Then I'm going to be there for like three days and start my other tour type thing. And they were like, Oh yeah, man, cool. Like, you know, totally come along. So I was like, okay, cool. So it was like, it was like uh, Bane headlining and then Most Precious Blood was support and Terror was opening. And I think that was the first time ah. Terror was doing like a, doing a, a, an East Coast thing. I could be totally wrong. But, right. Um, but yeah, so it was like, you, you know, so it was like, I get to Montreal and I'm like, okay, cool. Like get to the show. And it was like, uh, you know, like nobody's around. Um, but like, so I'm like waiting outside and like Zach and, and Pete walk up and I'm like, ah, oh, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. How's it going guys? And they're like, Oh, hey, Steve, you know, like, how's it going? I'm like, oh, good. Like, what's up? And they're like, you want to go get some ice cream? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just remember we went to a Dairy Queen and we we're just like eating ice cream in like silence. And I was like, so how's it going? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't know that like, you know, maybe half an hour or an hour before that, Nick had quit the band. So like, you know, I'm like, hey guys, let's party. And they're like, oh shit are, are we breaking up <laughs> like what is right. going on <laughs> you know yeah like they they didn't tell me any anything about this so i was like i was sort of like okay cool you know and like i watched the show and like i was like oh yeah this is awesome and i'm going nuts but like my friend was like oh this seemed real weird tonight something was really really wrong and i was like oh i didn't notice anything but i'm there like you know just like in the moment or whatever sure so like next day we have to drive to Ottawa, which is like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away. And it was like, the ride was silent. It was super weird. Like, you know, like you're in a van and it was like, it was just like dead silence in the van, you know, like nobody was talking. And I was like, Oh, this is a weird fan dynamic, you know, <laughs> like it's still not cluing in because nobody told me anything. And then like get to, 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 um, Ottawa and uh at this this club and i was at this club mavericks and i was watching them and i was like okay this is weird you know i was like i don't know what's going on something's wrong though like you know like i could just like he's there right nick is there and he's doing nick is there and they're playing last run of shows this is and then it was like yeah and i was like 
And but I was like watching that, and I was like, this is the, you know, and I'd seen Bane probably like five, six, seven times before that, you know, and I was like, this is the weirdest Bane show I've ever seen. And I was like, ah, oh, they didn't play count, you know, that's weird. And I was just like, the whole thing, I was just like, something's something's up. Yeah. And like show finishes, you know, and like Pete's like, hey, so we're going home. Uh, you're going to drive with Most Precious Blood to Toronto. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like they still hadn't told me any of this stuff about Nick because yeah. like obviously it's not really my, my business. But like I was just sort of like, okay, I don't know Most Precious Blood at all. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm like, you know, really big and decision fan, but I'm just sort of like, uh, you know, like I don't know these guys, right. you know, so basically like I get in the back of their van and I'm just sort of like, like, Oh, cool. I'm in the van with Moshe's blood. I don't know these guys, you know, like two of them were in indecision. That guy was in one King down. Okay. I'm going to hang out here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, we started talking about movies and broke the ice and stuff like that, but it was like, it was just like really sort of like, Oh cool. I'm hanging out with guys. I know. Then it's like, they've run off and now I'm hanging out with Weird. people. It's an uncomfortable situation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. So that was sort of like, that was sort of weird because I was like, this is not like definitely like, you know, like the, 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 the silent, you know, the, 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 the drive from Montreal to, to Toronto or the, from Montreal to Ottawa was weird, man. It was like, Oh, this is like two hours. And like, I don't know what is going on, you know, like it was definitely like uncomfortable, you know? Um, And, uh, you know, so uh, like, I mean, like, and I can't really speak because like, you know, obviously it's a bad situation for them, you know, for me not knowing, but for them, it's like, oh, this, is this going to be it? Like, you know, what's, you know, like, but yeah, basically it was like, you know, like it it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was like, you know, just like, um, yeah, just a weird situation, you know. I mean, like Nick is definitely the one to talk to about that to get a better perspective, you know. And like, um, but it was it was definitely something where it was like, you know, a weird spot. And like, you know, I saw the I saw I saw Bane later in that summer when they did a tour with uh, the Promise and Suicide File and that. And it was like, you know, Bobby was playing at the time, and like, you know, uh, Aaron and I had, had talked about talk. We're talking after the show, and he was. I definitely remember him being like Bedard and I were talking. He was definitely like um because they were still sort of feeling bobby out at the time you know as far as i know i remember aaron was like oh like how how do you think it went tonight and i was like oh you know like really good and he was like he was definitely like concerned about like uh how bobby was fitting you know not not in a sense of like anything against bobby but just more like oh like how is this you know we we talked about like sort of how he like you know and i was like i don't think you should be worried you know like you guys are killing it. Like Bobby's doing well, you know, and, and like, you should be confident that this is like a good situation, yeah, but, sure. but, but, but yeah, but Bedard was like, Oh, this is a, you know, I, I think it was probably a bit uncomfortable for Bedard because, and uncomfortable sure. for everybody, yeah. you know, because like, it's a new, you know, it's a definitely like a new thing, you of know? Course, so yeah. new member of a band yeah. that's been together for a good, good amount of time. Of course, man. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, Bobby can fucking hit those drums, man. 
Yeah, but you know, like, and it's like worked out pretty well with Bobby. Think so? They made out. I think so. Yeah, they made a good decision yeah, to keep an old Mr. Bobby Mahoney there. Yeah, but you know, like, it's it was pretty heartbreaking, you know, with that whole whole Nick quitting situation, and you know, I think they were like, it is like, you know, I think they were, you know, and and that followed them for a long time, but I think there were some questions about like what's going on with the, you know, internally at the time, like what's going on with yeah. this band, how are we going to make this work? You know, and it was, and none of it had to do in the sense of like it, Bobby as a person, but just more of like, we're introducing a new member and like, how's the dynamic going to change? And, you know, like all this sort of stuff, Yeah, man. you know? So, uh, yeah. So, so, um, basically like, you know, through the 2004, I didn't have a, whole lot of contact with them but 2005 came around and you know like they were touring through and this was like the this is sort of like when it started really started for me was like you know like it was like the evergreen terrorist curse and, and first tour in summer summer 2005 and they like you know they don't usually do this but they sort of like played minneapolis and then hopped up to winnipeg and then came across western canada so i was like oh cool like you know i'll put in a call to Zach and be like, Hey man, can I like fly up to Winnipeg and roll back to Vancouver with you guys, you know, drop off there type thing. And like Zach never got back to me. So, so I was like, okay, cool. And then like day of the show, he's like, he's like, Hey Steve, we're, we're in Winnipeg. I, I guess you're probably here now. So we'll see you at the show. And I was like, Dude, you, you like, you didn't say I could come. So I didn't buy a ticket. So, so like, you know, I call, I think I called it back and I was like, yeah, man, I didn't come because like I didn't get the okay, right. you know. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like they they ended up in Vancouver, and like I knew the the cursed guys a a little bit, uh, Chris mostly, and so there was I was like, well, like you know, like I can maybe roll down the coast or roll to Las Vegas and hang out because flights are so cheap from Las Vegas, and I had some some friends there anyway. So I was like, oh, cool, you know, like I can. So so basically, it was like. I think it was like talk of me going with Kirst at first. And then it was like, okay, Kirst is in a suburban, like a 1980s suburban. They're breaking down all the time. Like, you know, we're lucky if they get to shows, right. you know, I mean, like they made it, but it was like, you know, I mean, they were, they were rolling real punk style, yeah. you know, and I mean, it was awesome. put it the whole time. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like, you know, them in a suburban with a, with a, uh, with a trailer. And like, I remember we were in, at the chain one time in, in, uh, in, uh, in Anaheim and like they're, they broke down and Bedard was like begging people on stage. She's like, look, like we've got to play now because this is to make the show work, but curse to driving here, please stay around, you know, like, please don't go after we leave, you know? And it was basically like, you know, like this is a bad situation for them. Please do us a favor <laughs> and stick around. Yeah. And I mean, cursed killed like that band, like yeah, that band is that's a that was a, a serious band, you know, like not a band you'd want to miss. So like, I'm glad you know not everybody stuck around, but it was just I remember Bedard was like, really like, please people, <laughs> you know, like like don't miss out on this band, you know. So so it ended up that mostly I was then touring with Bane, and like if I'm gonna go on tour, you know, and it doesn't like doesn't matter if I'm going with friends for like a weekend or, or whatever, you know, like I'm going to help out, you know, 
so and that's just how it was it's like oh like if i'm in this band with these guys like you know like um being on to like i really dislike it when people go on tour and they're then basically like well i'm here to hang out you right. know it's like if you're taking up a spot in the van then yeah, get you, to work you need to do something sure absolutely. you need to do something you, need to serve you, you know purpose. you need to serve a purpose you know so for me it's like it doesn't matter what we're doing it's like oh you guys need me to lift that thing like oh you need me to do this thing it's like yeah like oh like bishaw's doing merch and he needs a merch count yeah let's figure out some t-shirts you know like you know like and, and it was like i mean it was still like a vacation for me uh but it was like okay you know like and i'm not getting paid or anything like that but it's just like you know, like if I'm there, I'm going to help, help anybody out, you know, like they're, they're, they're being very generous as far as, you know, and not Bane, but I mean, any band is like, any band is being very generous as far as letting me like hang out and basically like, uh, add stress and add a, add an extra variable to the tour. Of course, man. So yeah. I'm going to do, do whatever I can, you know, to, to, to repay them. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, so we got to Las Vegas and they were like, Oh, like you want to, you want to come for the rest of the tour? And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, this sounds great. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I'm totally into this, <laughs> you know, like, sure. I mean, like, I'm like, Oh, I get to see Bane every night for the next two weeks. <laughs> like <laughs> how many signs do I have? To, how many forms do I have to sign? <laughs> you right. know, like, do you want my kidney type thing? So like, you know, so, so it was like, and that's sort of how it started, you know? So, that was like, yeah, so it was cool. You know, it was like, I think they saw that I was there to put in an honest effort and they'd all known me enough, you know, like they didn't know me super, super well at the time, but like, you know, like they'd already had, you know, contact with me for the past six years and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and like, they'd also known that I'd done some like pretty, pretty serious touring with, um, you know, with, with other bands as well, you know, especially that Menin band, you know, so it wasn't as if I was just like some guy who was like, yeah, get me, like jump in the band, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Steve, Steve can roll, you know, Steve knows how to roll type thing. So, so yeah, so it was like, and it was good, you know, like the, the rest of that tour was like definitely like one of the most fun tours, you know, it was like, were you, were you hopping over the ocean and shit? Were you, did you, did you go overseas and stuff with them? Yeah, I did. I did two tours in Europe with them and one in South America. Um, nice. I missed, I missed out on, on Japan because like Bishan and I were touring together at the same time. And I was really doing a lot more of the stage stuff, you know? Um, and like, I'm always hesitant to say tour manager because like some people would call me that and me, I'm more like, well, I'm more of like a, what do you need me to do type guy? You're like a floater. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like a lot of it was stage stuff because that's what I, you know, had a handle on. And that's what I'd done, you know, a lot of in the past, right. uh, uh, you know, but also it was something where it was like, you know, like I also understood from my time putting on shows, like how the, the business side works. I also, you know, I'm also responsible enough, you know, like to be trusted with certain things or, sure, you know, stuff like that. So it was something where like, they were like, yeah, like this, this is, you know, something that, that works out, you know, like, and, and he's, being a real big help, you know? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, those were like the three off continent tours I did. I quit, um, just before they did a really big Southeast Asian thing, uh, which would have been cool. Um, and because Bishaw had seniority 
he was doing a lot of, uh, he went to Japan with them uh, because, um, you know, he's been around longer. So sure. there's no way, like, you know, that's his thing. So like, I, I definitely, I'm bummed. I, I missed out on Japan with them because like one time they, one time when I was touring with them, they'd only go about like every three years or so. So like they had just gone before I started touring with them. And then the next time they went, Bishaw had seniority. So he was obviously going to go. And then the next time they went, uh, it was for like a weekend uh, festival thing. So it was like, basically like, we'll, we'll pay for you plane tickets. You know, you get flown in. We're not going to pay for you guys to play, but you sell merch and stuff like that. Right. So it was sort of like, oh, like, like, do I really want to go to Japan for a weekend? You know, like, so it was, it was something where I was like, yeah, I, like, I can't, you know, like, I can't justify that kind of money. So like, sure, y- you know, and, um, and yeah, and then like, they were doing a lot of like, uh, a bunch of sort of like smaller stuff as well, like in, in Europe, like I remember, I shouldn't say a bunch, but I remember at least one or two tours where they would go for like two weeks and do I think they did like mainly a UK thing so it was sort of like oh like this doesn't make any sense you know for me to go over there for that you know uh and and like you know the uh I remember like they did a big tour there with with uh Comeback Kid and and FC5 and there were everybody was like there was just enough people to fit on a bus and I was like you know, if there was one more bunk on the bus, I was told that if there was one more bunk on the bus, then that would have been mine. But basically, it just wasn't, there just weren't enough bunks on the right. bus. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fair. You know, like, yeah. Bisha has seniority. Uh, you, you know, like, like the FC5 has, has, has Daiki. Uh, I think their guy Daiki coming from, well, everybody's guy Daiki because he's the Japanese uh, booking agent. But I think he, he was there as well. And then like, you know, a comeback kid is going to have, people as well you know so it was like it was the kind of thing where it's like yeah this is fair you know like yeah i mean like i i might not have done as much off-continent stuff as other people but a lot of it had to do with sort of unique circumstances coming up at the time you know like like we're trying to work out australia and it was like i was like hey i'll pay for my plane tickets to come you know like i'll pay to do this just so i can like tour around and have a vacation and the booking agent was like oh you're gonna add an extra expense like you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And I was sort of like, no, no, like, I mean, I'll foot the bill for this just so I can like go to Australia type sure. of thing. And the guy was still like, mm, no, not, not going to happen. So like, you know, some weird stuff came up where like for the amount of time I spent with them, it would probably seem like I should have actually been to Europe like two more times or maybe even three more times or like done this stuff. But like, there was just a lot of stuff that was like, um, unique opportunities coming up or like it didn't quite fit because you know, like I'm the, the going to be the odd man out, which is completely fair. You know, the, the band comes first. I mean, listen, like, yeah. like, well, like you said, right in the beginning, I mean, there was over 300 shows you've been to. I mean, mm. it's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. amazing. you're all over the country, obviously. I don't know how many yeah. tours, but all over the country, Europe, a couple of times down in South America. It's pretty good. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's cool. Like it's, um, it's stuff where I definitely like, you know, South America was definitely like the big one, you know, because like Europe is something that's like always attainable, you know, and not necessarily as far as like touring there for a person, but like 
plenty of North Americans go to Europe for a vacation. So it's like me, I'm always like, well, I'm going to be in Europe at some point in my life anyway. Like it doesn't matter if it's on tour or if it's just me paying to go or whatever, you know, but like South America was like, uh, South America was a trip, man. I'm it was sure. like, I'm sure it's crazy. It was, oh yeah. It was like definitely the best tour I've done. Uh, it was like unreal, you know, like, um, yeah, so it's definitely like, definitely started off like, I mean, am I talking too much or like, no, I mean, I'm just all right. No, all right, no, because like, and now you're good. You're good, man. All right, because like, you know, this is your show, so I don't want to be no, like that's, that's taking over. Fine. No, you, all right. dude, I have I have no time limit whatsoever. But what I do want to ask you though is, yeah, when and how did this whole? When, when did you start your your hardcore magazine at mm. both ends? Yeah, so was, I started that deal between that because I do eventually want to get to the seven and Steve not going on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, sorry, do you want me to dive into the South America stuff? Do you want me to talk about the, the zine? Or, you, you, you could continue your point about the whole South America thing, and then we go into the zine. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, South America was, like, was wild, because, like, none of us had ever been there, and I don't think any of us, like, South America was just becoming attainable for bands at that time. Right. You know, the, the only bands that would go to South America would basically be, like, hate breed and Madball and Agnostic Front, you know, like that was, you know, that was it. It was like if you were like a New York hardcore band, you could probably draw enough people on oh, sick of it. All. Yeah, so, totally, you know. But other than that, like hardcore bands were yeah. only starting to get going there, you know. Sure. Um, so, like, and and a lot of times, if you did go there, it was like really you're playing only like a festival or a couple like really big shows. And this was more of like, okay, this is an actual tour, you know? Yeah. We're going into small little rooms. Yeah. You know? So, so like it was crazy. Cause I was in, I was actually in, in just outside of Portland, Oregon. I got super lucky. So I was down snowboarding. This is a Memorial day weekend in 2007, I guess. Yeah. 2007 Memorial day weekend. And I'm down there because like Mount Hood has a glacier. So I'm like, oh, sick. Like, you know, this is still open. I can hit the really big jumps because they're known for their like, you know, really serious park. Like I can, I can put in some, like some, some serious time there. And, um, and I got a call because like I had a, a burner phone because like cell phones and sand are crazy expensive. Right. And like, so I had a burner phone that I was using in whenever I was in the U S just because it's like, cool. You know, like if my car breaks down, I can call somebody or I can let my no friend know like, Oh yeah, I'm in town or whatever. So like, I don't know where I'm on the chairlift and I, my pocket starts buzzing and I was like, who, who knows how to call me? Yeah. Like, because like, you know, like I didn't like, um, um, because it's like, I only had it on when I was in the U S so like, and there'd definitely be times when I'd like come back to Canada and be here for two months and go to the us and then it would be like 10 messages from people and i'd be like i told you never to call me on this thing like you know so so zach like I, i'm like oh hey zach what's up and he's like i need to know right now if you can come to south america and i was like i was like yeah wait what <laughs> what <laughs> you know and, and it was like i was i was like oh you know like if you'd called tomorrow i would knock on to south america you know right. like you know, or if he called two days from now, this would not have happened, but he was right. like, can you do this? And I was like, I'm in, what's, what's the plan? And basically like, you know, like Matteo, who's originally from Italy, uh, he, he played in bass in, in purification. He, he had married, um, 
uh, Glauci, who was a Brazilian, and they were living in Brazil at the time. And he was started to do smaller tours, you know, like, so he was taking down like Bridge Nine bands did really well. Uh, it was sort of funny because like a lot of times it depends on the label more than the band for certain stuff. So like Bridge Nine was like really popping off at the time. So Bridge Nine bands were really popular. Whereas like Deathwish bands didn't really draw because they didn't have the cachet that like have any associations with like, you know, more of like the straight edge or the youth crew and that's that sort of stuff, you know. So like Mateo was like, I want to book a tour for you guys. You know, like, do you want to do this? And, you know, I don't know how all that stuff went down, but, you know, that's basically it was agreed to, you know. Gotcha. So I'm like, okay, okay, we're doing this, you know. So, um, yeah, so it was, but like, and this is only because this is Memorial Day weekend. So this is like a month away, you know. So I was like, okay, I have to get back to Canada. I have to get, you know, figure out, get all my shots. I have to like figure out, okay, like, where do yeah, I need? Right, I forgot about that. You have to get yeah. a certain, yeah. You have to get shots, you know, like you could, you, you know, like you can, or at least it's recommended you get shots. So yeah. if it's recommended, then just go get the shots, man. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and like, and it's like, okay, like what visas do I need? Like, how is this going to work? Like all this sort of stuff. So basically, uh, uh, you know, like leading up to it, Mateo was like, I need to wait for the ticket prices to get really good before I buy your tickets. And I was sort of like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I, like, I'm like, I would like to buy my own ticket at least to the first stop. And then you take care of it from, from there, you know, because I was like, and, and uh, so I'd be emailing and like, it was getting down to the wire, you know, right. like, and he was like, I'm still waiting for the prices to get good on tickets. And I was sort of like, this isn't going to happen. You know, like there's no way this is going to happen. And basically he finally gets, and the thing is, is that Brazil needs to know Brazil's like uh, entry requirements for anybody works on a reciprocity thing. So basically whatever, whatever uh, uh, requirements are for visas or whatnot are imposed on Brazil by one country, Brazil just says, okay, that's fine. That's how it's going to be. At least it was at the time. That's how it's going to be for us too. Gotcha. So, so, you know, basically it was like to get into Brazil as a Canadian at the time, you needed to have your, you needed to have your plane tickets bought before you could even apply for a visa. So they know, okay, you're coming in, you're going out, you're not just showing up to goof off or, you know, do the beach bum thing or whatever. And like, I'm emailing Mateo and I'm like, dude, I need those tickets or I'm not going to have the visa back in time. And like, finally he gets them bought, you know? Uh, and it was like, buys them like, you know, the next, like I get the email the next day I go into like, as soon as possible, I'm into the Brazilian consulate in Vancouver, hand in my passport. Two weeks later, the passport comes back. The day after that I get on the plane. Fuck. Like, and I'm just like, you know, I, I was like, until I got my passport back, I was like, I don't think this is going to happen. Right. You know, like I'm, and I'm freaking out, you know? So like, basically like I have to fly from Vancouver to Miami and I meet the Bane guys in Miami. So I'm like, show up and like, you know, I see uh, Zach and Nate from, from Outbreak and Cool Hand. He was playing drums on this tour and Bedard was there. And, uh, Zach's like, Hey man, this is it. And I'm like, this, what is what? And he's like, Dahlbeck didn't get his passport back in time. 
<laughs> so <laughs> Dalvik didn't get his passport back in time. And Nick, uh, who was the guitar player for Silent Drive, he was going to play bass on this tour. He, he misplaced his passport somehow. So he didn't get on the plane in Boston, you know. Uh, uh, so Bane shows up as a three-piece, you know. Dalbeck gets basically like after our flight leaves for Colombia, which is Bogota is the first stop, like Dalbeck gets his passport back like five hours after his plane was supposed to leave. Of course. You know? of course. Like, so like, yeah. So it was like, and like, so we, I was just like, oh, like, there's three of you and me. And Bedard, I remember he was like, you might have to play bass. And I'm like, I'm like, I play left-handed and I'm not very good. <laughs> and Bedard was like, it might not matter. You might just have to get up there and make noise. Just, just like give people a, a, a Bane show, you know? So that was like a serious, like that was, that was a scenario that was like running through like that was a serious wow. scenario i mean like you know like it was like it was like we might just have to put steve on stage and he's just gonna bang on this bass right. just just to give people a bane show yeah. you know i mean like obviously it's not me giving them the bane show but just to like yeah 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 of course just to fill it out you know so like uh yeah so i don't think we had a we didn't have a plan like we were discussing stuff you know like okay like how is this going to work uh, you know, and, and when we get to Bogota, Mateo was there because his band from um, from uh, uh, Brazil, they were playing the, the Colombian shows as well. And he was like, oh, okay, like, I can play bass for you guys. And, like, um, you know, like, I'll have to, like, rebook tickets. Uh, like, I'll play the shows in Colombia, and then I'm going to miss. I have to go home back to Brazil with my band, and then I could fly out there, and I can meet you guys in Lima. So we're like, okay, cool. You know, this is definitely a better option than Steve, you know? And like, it's something like, I definitely understand the talk of me like doing, doing that as, but I'm also like, there's no good situation. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. There's no good yeah. situation because it's like, either they don't get a full Bane show, which they weren't going to get anyway, right. or they're going to get me making a bunch of noise. Right. I mean, at least I would give them something visual, but it's still something where it's like, man, like, and for me, like, I'm thinking like for the rest of this tour, you know, and like, you know, like Zach taught Mateo everything he could and like Mateo did the best he could on such short notice, you know, like, uh, but I was still like, you know, like I've seen like, you know, I've probably seen like at that point, it's like, I've, I've probably seen like 250 Bane shows in my life, 200 Bane shows. Like I would trade any of the Bane shows I've seen for like the people down there, you know, like for the next like 10 shows, like I would give you like, you know, if I could somehow magically give these shows, I would be, I will give you these shows, yeah. you know, because like the, the energy they had was unreal, you know, like Great, people were com coming up to me and coming up, you know, coming up to the Bane members and myself. And we're like, we, we never thought you would come here. Like, this is unreal. You know, we yeah. can't believe you're actually here. And we're like, we cannot believe we are here either. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like feeling like is beautiful, guy. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's like, and I'm like for for Bane, it's something where it's like, you know, like, uh, like it's like, yeah, like you know, like start a band, and it's like, yeah, like Europe is attainable. Europe is something that, like, you know, you put out a record, 
you know, you do some stuff. Nowadays, like, chances are you're going over. Sure. Yeah, like something's going to happen, you know, but it's like South America. Like, who yeah. would have guessed? Like, that was something where it was just like, this is not something like any of us had considered. Cool. Yeah. You know, and I know, like, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking as a band member now because I'm no, not, no, but no, like, no. I just mean like no, us, no. us, like, collectively. Well, you know, it's like, you know, Zach, I believe it was Zach said in the first episode of the first series, he was like, you know, sometimes there were shows where, you know, you would just stare down at the stage and just press through it if the kids aren't feeling it. But then most of the time, though, it's like we were the luckiest band in the world. Oh, yeah. And it was like, that's something that I've gotten from all of those guys and even all the feedback and whatnot from, that whole series, like I've never, like I said, like I said, I don't even know if we were recording at the time, but at this point right now, I have like 160 something episodes, you know what I mean? And yeah, as far like those five in a row, I've gotten the most feedback and just all positive. Everyone thanking me. I'm like, like, don't thank me, man. Like, like I had it in the works you know, me, me and Zach were just like playing, you know, playing ping pong, basically trying to get together and it just didn't happen. And the world went crazy with this virus thing. So we did it. And then at the same time, I was kind of going back and forth with Dahlbeck. And then Zach came up with the idea, yo, let's see if you could reach out to Bedard and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And so I really didn't do anything. I just hit them up on frigging messenger or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but it's just, you know, they, they, bunch of the most humble guys and you know i can't say that enough i really can't and i can't say that about any other band that i'm very familiar with a band as a whole and the the fan base that bane has it's like different than any other band dude it really yeah yeah i don't know exactly what it is but there's a lot there and it's set it screams a lot you know yeah you know uh, um i mean it's something I've thought of and I, you know, and I think it's like, it's a combination of just like a lot of things and a lot of it, yeah. you know, yeah, like, absolutely. like you know, as much as like they're a hardcore band, they're playing, you know, they have a sound that's very unique to Bane, sure. you, you know, like there's no band that sounds like Bane, you know, so uh-huh. they have definitely like the artistic side that most bands don't have. Right. They're also like, they don't have a, an image as a band, you all. know, whereas a lot of bands have like, some type of image and it's like no there's like you know you know there's no there's no bane image it's like right these are just bane. you know they're just bane you, you know like they're there's those little, like, they're yeah they're gonna show up they're gonna play they're they're like there's there's uh like you know a lot of the like the best elements of hardcore are you know what what uh, bane operates within sort of the or Bane, Bane as a band parallels a lot of the best elements of hardcore and people see that, you know, and, and I, I think also, you know, like it also weeds out a lot of people who are not necessarily interested in those elements. You right. Know? Like it's, it's, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Bane is a cool band to see and a lot of people go to their shows and stuff like that. But like Bane isn't like, uh, Bane isn't like a cool image band. If that, makes you know know, like lots of people have their shirts but it's not like i don't know what you're really like there's definitely bands where you buy their shirt and you're projecting something you you know there's definitely and like bane doesn't really project that you you know in a lot of ways so you know so i think that makes it so that like maybe like there's less attraction by a lot of people uh who would not 
there's, there, there's may, it's maybe less attractive to a lot of people for certain reasons because of that. If right. if I'm making any sense at all, no, it makes perfect sense. So, and the people that yeah. are attracted, they're, they're all in a hundred percent diehard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's funny because like uh, I mean, um, yeah, like Bane has a really dedicated fan base, and I I know that people know that, but like it's funny because once we're talking and like, I can't, I'm not going to talk numbers or anything, but Bain has a weird situation and equal vision was trying to sort of really scratching their heads about this because a lot of bands, you know, they'll sell like X number of records and you would expect, you know, like they sell this many records and you're expecting, okay, based on that, based on whatever, there's going to be this many people that come to shows, you know, just because of, of how things work. Bane's like, Bane's like record sales to like audience attendance was like way closer than what, like, than, yeah. than what almost every other band out there was, which right. seems like really strange. So like Equal Vision was really amazed basically being like, how can like, how can Bane draw like the same amount of people as like another band but that other band on our label might sell four times as many records you know right. and i think that's a real testament to being fans it's like Absolutely. maybe it's not for everybody you know but the people who want to be part of it are there you know like they're very very serious about Bane. you know and, and and like i think that's like you know pretty commendable that like you're able to or maybe it's something that shows a really unique quality about Bane. That basically, like the people who are buying their records, are are very serious about buying their records. Yes. You know, the and the people who are buying their records are, are the people who are coming show. to their sh- are going to their shows and who are sticking buying with that merch. band, and who are very de- yeah buying merch and very dedicated to that band. And that's something that like that that not very many bands out there have. Right. You know, and it's something that's like very impressive about Bane. You know, so it's 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 yeah, it's always something that's like stuck in my head. It's like oh like they're in a, a bit of a unique situation that way, which is like very, very, very cool, you know? And, and, but, you know, as equal vision, I mean, like not that equal vision is going to pressure them because like equal vision is like the nicest group of people. Like anytime I was there at the label, they were like super cool, you know, and I'm just like a guy tagging along and they yeah. were like, Oh, Hey man, what's up? Like, let's, you know, like let's talk Bane stuff. Let's talk this, let's figure this out. Like, you know, let, let's work together, you know, like let's make plans to do stuff outside of this, you know, like, and uh but it's like it's sort of funny like equal vision must have been like how is this how does it work <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and it's like you know i think like that's one of the things that like equal vision sees is like oh bane is bane are artists you know like bane is yeah. not a, just a band but like bane is bane is something that uh there's more to this than a lot of a lot of other bands now i gotta yes. ask you i gotta ask you with that i mean I would say, say, see if you just, let's just see if it's a yes or no question. Yeah. Would you like to see Bane form and, and play again? Well, I mean, it's tough because like, for me, I don't really care one way or the other, you know? I mean, How people up there, <laughs> and it How sounds bad, you? but like, it's not my call, you know, like, no, I'm it's not like, saying it's your call. I'm saying, would you yeah. like to see them play again? I don't know. I don't like, think I like it. Not, no, no, I know. I like it. That sounds bad, but it's not something that's important to me. 
you know, it's right. something that's like, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like everybody wants to see him. I mean, like you want to see him, like all the kids want to see him. People are screaming out of their car windows, you know, like we want to see him. Like they want to see him, you know? So like it, it, people are like, definitely want that. But for me, like, like I have, I have a different relationship right. with Bane. Right. You know, so like, and, and, and like, I don't know if it's the shows so much that I would want, but it's sort of like the, um, the atmosphere surrounding that in the sense of like, yeah, I'd like to get in back in the van with those guys. I'd like to do that stuff and, and, and have, have a lot of fun that way, but, you know, and spend time with them. But that, for me, that doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, like I want to see shows. It's more like, do I want my relationships to continue with these, these people? And right. for me, that's, that's more important because like, you know, like if, if Bane wants to see a show or if Bane, if Bane wants to play a show, people are going to come out, but, and, and pro- everybody's going to have a good time, but it's like, um, you can't really recapture what you had. No, you know? without a doubt. No way. And, 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 and it's something, so it's something where like, for me, I'm indifferent. If they do play at some point, then I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll show up and I'll make sure your guitars are in tune and you have enough water there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, for the most part, it's like, uh, um, that's not like, I'm the kind of person who's always looking ahead to things, you know? So I'm like, Oh, like, Bane's cool. They've done Bane. Like, what else are they going to do? You know, like, I want to see, like, you know, like, for me, I'm always looking to see, like, what's the next thing people are going to create, you know? Like, these are all guys who are, like, really creative and, you know, can do a lot of things. And I'm always like, oh, like, what, what's next, you, you know? And, like, I don't want to sound negative. And I'm not saying, like, that I don't want to see a show. But for me, it's something where it's, like, not super important, right. you know? Like, what I have is, but my relationship with Bane is a lot different than most people's. So, um, you know, I'm going to have a very different uh, perspective, you know? So I don't know if that really, like, I know that's not like, I'm not screaming like, Oh yeah. Like I want to see him, you know, but like, I like to see them, but it's just not that important. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's more important. Like, Oh, can we spend time together? Can we stay in communication? Right. Can we, you know, you know, maybe trade old, tour stores or inside jokes you know every once in a while you know like uh, can i can we remain involved in each other's lives you know and um to me that's more important than shows in in, in a lot of ways i get it you, you, you know I get it. sure but you know i've seen a lot of bane shows so if you, you know um okay. i don't i don't remember many bane shows but like <laughs> you know because yeah. like well, there's My, so many, and they all wind up go, you know, meshing into one another. I get it. Yeah, but 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 even just the, maybe the fact that like, um, I might remember certain parts of Bane shows, but right. it's like my job is like my sh- my time at a Bane show is like, okay, did somebody break a string? Okay, like is does Bobby need a new towel? Oh, that symbol's gonna fall over. I have to I have to go get that. I have to make sure that symbol doesn't fall over. Yeah. That the the kick drum mic is out of place. Uh oh, Zach's done something again that I have to fix because he's a lunatic. You, you, you know, like, and that's like that's most of my time with Bane. So, um, like, you know, I've definitely seen probably like attended like I don't know, like I don't know, maybe like 
20 or 30 Bane shows as a fan, but like, you know, most of my time with them is like making sure that, you know, the, the train stays on the tracks. Right. So, um, and, uh, so it's, it's, yeah. It's, so it's like, if you ask me about like my favorite Bane show, that's going to be real tough, right. <laughs> you know, because like I can tell you a lot of clips that pop out in my head from shows, but sure. like, you know, what was it? What was the, the, you know, if you're like, Oh, well, what was your, the, your what's your favorite Bane show? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you, you, you yeah. know, like, uh, um, I mean, like, and, and, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe some of my favorites were actually in, in South America and not necessarily because of Bane, but just because of the audiences and of people were like, well, yeah, this might, this might be the only time I get to see Bane. Like, sure, man. Time and place, the atmosphere and everything else besides yeah. the band, of course, man, the whole and, package. And, and, you know, like, and Bane sees that from the kids. And Bane is stepping it up as well. So like those shows, you know, it was other. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it just like, so, I mean, yeah. So it's stuff like maybe stuff like that, that I remember, but for the most part, like, you know, like, uh, um, I can't like, there's, there's definitely clips of stuff, but there's definitely not like one specific thing. Specific. Yeah. I mean, like if I really thought about it, I could probably come up with something, but right now I'm just sort of like, Oh, like, I there's mean, like so many though. I'm sure that there's so yeah, many. There's too many. There's too many. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so anyway, so I should finish the Columbia thing. Or at least get, get into it a little bit. So like we land in, we're, there's four of us flying down and we're like, it, we're like, okay, how is this going to work out? Like what's going on? Also like, is this a scam? You know, like, are we going to show up there and get mugged? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Like none of us speak Spanish. Like none of us, none of us knew Mateo, you know, he's not like, as far as I know, nobody had actually met him or had any contact other than through emails and stuff like that. Um, and, um, yeah, so like we get to Bogota and it's like late at night and we're like, okay, you know, like we only know the stereotypical things about Colombia. Right. How is like, what is the deal here? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and like, um, yeah, so we, I definitely remember like getting off the plane and it's like a really crazy airport. Like they redid El Dorado, which is the, the airport in, in Bogota. But before it was much smaller, you know. Um, and like you go through and like, you know, like, I mean, it was like the military is there and the oh, military yeah. is out in force. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, have you ever been to, to, to places like that at all? I've never been, but I've seen footage and heard a billion stories. Yeah, it's very sobering, you know, like, um, yeah, like, you know, especially coming from Canada, like, you know, like we have guns up here and, and, and whatnot, but it's not a case of like, oh, great, like, we're looking at, you're in the airport and you're looking at dudes, you know, who the are like, army is there, dude. Yeah. yeah, like they're like, I, I, in the zine, I put it basically that the police looks like the army and the army looks like they're they're shipping out for war at that moment, you know, like it's like that level of seriousness. Right. So like, you know, like, and it's just like, so we get in, we're like going through security and everything has to be scanned. Like, you know, x-rayed, like you, everything has to be scanned. I think there were maybe two stages and the last stage is super weird because like, it's just a bunch of x-ray machines with, with belts and you know, the, the, the police are there whatever security forces is there to make sure nothing gets crazy. And like everybody's lining up to put their stuff through on these x-ray conveyor belts. And like, you can see 
like you can see the outside of the of the airport from from where you're standing like it, it, i mean it's like a like a you know it's like a lobby basically that okay. you're in yeah you, like you take i mean like the outside of the airport is like through a like basically like a grocery store door it's okay. like 15 feet away and wow. then it's just like you know then you're out on the street you know like you don't have a place to turn around so everybody's going through these scanning machines and i'm like this is super weird i'm nervous about being in this country already i have a bunch of tools on me uh I'm just going for it. And I just like straight walked up through, walk through everybody, <laughs> like walk, like everybody scanned their stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> walk, like past all the machines, past all these dudes with machine guns. <laughs> and like, oh, I'm just like, I'm like, if I get caught, I can play the dumb foreigner. If I don't get caught, maybe I get away with it. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I walk through and it's just like, okay everything's chill now we get to the street and it's like yeah it's just nuts because everybody's there just like it's just crazy you know and like uh because like people are pressed up and basically like you're walking out of a grocery store and like we meet the guys and we like hang out with them and then like uh it's definitely a bit weird because like one of our uh, uh um one of my friends uh, uh uh louise i think it was louise uh he was hanging out and his father is like at the top of the Colombian military. Like, okay. I mean, I've been to his house. I've seen the pictures. Uh, he is, you know, like he teaches at Langley, you know, like, I mean, he, or he's taught at Langley in the past. Like, I mean, we're talking like head of the Pentagon type level for Columbia type thing. Yeah. So it, I think it was him who was there, but basically there was somebody there with bodyguards. And I, I think that was him. And it was basically like, if anybody recognizes this person, there could be a kidnapping. You know, so like the bodyguards would chill and they would sort of hang out in the background. But it was like, if anybody makes a move towards this person, we're there to do yeah. whatever, you whatever know, we need to be doing. Yeah. whatever we need to do, you know. And that was, that was sort of the situation in Colombia. And it's like, it was cool. You know, it's definitely like the country is unreal. It's so, so beautiful. Like right. it's, it's, but it's also like a total trip because like, you know, like the jungles there, like we had to drive through the jungles and they're just super, super beautiful. Sure. But like, you know, it's also like, oh yeah, like, and, and uh, um, yeah, and like in the zine, I said like on the tour diary, like, you know, it's like, yeah, like you're seeing like, you're just, you're walking around like downtown Bogota and it's like, you know, the, the military police or the, the police or the army or whatever, whatever security force it is, they're walking around and the guns are out in the open as a reminder, like don't yeah. start anything, you know. Yeah. We're driving through, you know, like we're driving through the, 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 the jungle to get to like Cali or Medellin. And it's like, you're seeing on the sides of the roads, like military outposts. And it's like, this is not a, this is not a drill. You know, they're there, you know, like, you know, like I remember seeing tanks and stuff like that. Like, sure. like some real head, like heavy, you know, yeah. like some, some heavy stuff, you know, and the it's presence like. is known and they make sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so it's always like, Oh yeah, this is this is the kind of place that we're in. It's like these dudes are these dudes are ready to go for it. You know, like they have enough they have enough militias out there in the forest. You know, paramilitaries out there in the forest that if something goes down, the military is there to to you know clean up the place. You know, sure. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know. So how did the show go? How did the first string of shows go? 
it was it was rough. I mean, like we played in Cali, or the band. I shouldn't say. I'm going to say we sometimes, but but yeah, we were in we Cali had, the first time. Yeah, with okay. The band. So, we know yeah. with with the band. Yeah, uh, we're in Cali, and it's like, I mean, it's only like 500 kilometers away or something like that. But it takes like 10 hours to get there. You know, so it's like overnight drives because it's rough. You know, like these are not like highways really. So, you know, uh, so like I met, but it was it was cool. Like we get there and we're all really tired. No Dahlbeck. I think the day that we played in Cali, he actually had his ticket rearranged and landed in, in Bogota. So he was in Bogota, like by the time we got back there the next day. But um, yeah, we played at this like sort of skate park or youth center. And like, um, it was definitely not the best, excuse me, best Bane show because like, it's tough, you know, like you're not really playing on good gear. Right. You're only playing as a four piece with a bass player who doesn't know the songs at all. Right. Um, you know, like it, it, it's like, so yeah, so I have, I definitely, but people went nuts because people were like, Bane is here, you know, yeah. like this is real. Like two bands canceled. There was a band from Venezuela and a band from Ecuador who were going to get on buses and basically maybe, no, we were supposed to play Ecuador and Venezuela, but those shows fell through. But I think there was a band that like got on a bus for however many hours just to play that show and then went home, you know, like, and like, I have, I have, I think three or four pictures of the only time Bane has played as a three piece. So (laughs) it's like, it's sort of cool. But yeah, like they, they played, I remember they played count me out because people were like screaming for it. And they were like, we don't have any more songs. Like, we don't have a bass player. We don't have this. And people were, like, not willing to let them go. And they played Count Me Out as a three-piece. It sounded sort of, you know, empty. But empty. Like, I was just going to say empty. <laughs> you know, I was just going like, to say empty. I think, like, the, the kids there, like, accepted that the situation wasn't good. But, like, you're not going to hear Count Me Out again. And you're maybe not going to see Bane again. So, right. like... They appreciated the effort that Bane put in to not to doing their best to put together a show that, you know, was not ideal, but like doesn't mean that Bane wasn't going to go 100 percent. And, you know, the kids, kids love that. So, you know, it was it's like I think we like we get like distracted in North America sometimes because we're very, very rich continents. You know, we're very spoiled. So like, yeah, so like. I think we expect a lot of things and like, you know, if you're down there, it's like, no. And, and this is sort of Bane's mentality anyway. It's like, no, we're stripping away everything. Like we are a band. We're going to put on a show. We're like, we love playing. We're going to do this. This is not like, you know, like, like, Oh, nobody's shown up. You know, like we're playing, you know, like, you know, there's like, we have to play through a bass amp, you know, for vocals and like a bunch of combo stuff and a drum with maybe one cymbal the show was on, you know, like this is happening, you know? And I think like, you know, like you can look at it and be like, Oh yeah, that's a shitty show. But it's like, no, the show is as shitty as you want to make it. Right. You know, like, I mean, that would, in some ways that's like one of my favorite times, you know, now that I'm saying this, this may be like one of my favorite Bane memories, you know, or like maybe my favorite shows, not because it was like this great show, but like so unique and it stands out and it's just, uh, you know, crazy circumstances. Sure. Yeah, and they were like, "We are, we are, a, we're a band, and we are here." And you know, like you guys made the effort to come here. We made the effort to come here. This is this is this is going down, you know. 
So yeah, so it was awesome, but it was like, it was tough, man. It was like, it was just a, like the drives there were really tough. And, and afterwards it was sort of funny because like, uh, we drove like Bogota to Cali, played in Cali, drove back to Bogota, played Bogota. The next day we drove, uh, to Medellin, drove back to played there, drove back. Uh, and then, uh, and then flew out. We had a one night there and we flew up the next day. So, um, yeah, so it was like, uh, you know, these were long drives and it was sort of funny because like we, we were like, uh, I mean, and they were rough, they were rough roads, you know? Um, and somebody said to us something like, Oh, like it means a lot to us that you're willing to go out and actually like ride on a, and we, we had like an airporter type type thing, you know, a couple right. bands rode with us and a bunch of friends of Bogota and whatnot. And they were like, really means a lot to us that you guys would actually do these drives because most bands, when they come, they just fly to these cities right? because the tickets are so cheap. Sure. And I think somebody was like, we could have flown. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, like it's definitely like you're, yeah. Like we've all been to a million airports, you yeah. know? Yeah. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have stayed out the same. Now you had just, you yeah. had mentioned that, that, that in your zine, you have like, like tour diaries. Let's just yeah. like, like where, where, where can people read the, you know, where can they get the zine? Where could they find the zine? Oh, it's done, man. It's, it's like gone. Like, I mean, it's like, I just sold out of my last copies. I have basically three for myself now. And that's okay. all that I have. All because right. well, like, is it, well, don't you have, you have a website where people can read all kinds of shit blogs and shit now? No, no, nothing. Like the zine ended really about 10 years ago. Right. But, like the thing is, is that just over the last couple of weeks, you know, in an effort to raise money for basically the bailout funds and that I was like, cool. I have a little bit of inventory left over. Uh, people, you know, it doesn't really move that much anymore because it's really like came out in 2009. Right. But like, you know, I still sell some like here and there, but like, I'm just like, okay, now is the time, like, now is the time that, that like, uh, now is the time to push this because right. if, if I can get this promoting and not that I'm taking any money from it because like all the money that I sold in the last while, like that's all going to the, the bail relief funds. But right. it was basically like, okay, like now is the time to get this. Now is the time to get something up because people, people are going to be in a buying mood you know, people are going to be in a, in a supporting right. mood and, and they're going to be in a buying mood. And if I can use something that I have to. Especially that know, thing. I mean, I mean, I bought one myself, um, you know, yeah. a seven inch and you, yeah. you did a, a whole seven inch and all the proceeds went to help Stu. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's, that's separate. My, right, my, right, right, the, right. Yeah. Yeah. The proceeds from mine went to basically bail relief funds right. uh, to get, to get anybody uh, uh, protesting uh, you know, in the recent protests out of jail. Right. You know, because like for me, like, you know, it's something where it's like Canada definitely has a lot of protests going on and there's, you know, some action up here, but really the stuff that's most important is in the U S right now. Right. And, uh, well, uh, in the U S uh, a month ago or so, a month ago, I mean, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I would say, I would, I would hope that it would still be going on, you know, right. as far as, uh, you know, I'm not like advocating for, for blowing up buildings and whatnot, right. at least not advocating online, <laughs> blowing up buildings. <laughs> but like, um, you know, like I would hope that, that there would be continued pressure, uh, and that politicians might actually feel their jobs are in jeopardy if they don't 
right. make some some serious moves on that front. Right. Uh, you know, but yeah. So so basically, what like what sold uh, was, you know, I was like, okay, how can how can I get some money to get some people, uh, you know, especially the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people out there in these protests. How can I get how can I make sure that they're not in jail? Not just because or not not but they can get bail because it's not just a case of them getting bail, but it's also a case of during the pandemic, you know, like these, they're, they're going to be in tight quarters with a lot of people. And this is going to be spreading a disease around as well. You know, it just increases those chances. So it's like, you know, there's definitely a safety factor in, in a lot of ways around it. So, so yeah. So, I mean, like I really hadn't pushed any of that stuff for a long time, but uh, I was like, okay, if I can raise some money off of this, then now is like now is the time to get this going. So that's why I ran like a test press contest and like gotcha. basically, I mean like I found out that I missed. I, I read an email wrong and I have more inventory than I I thought. So I'm gonna have to put like the last twenty six I think seven inches up online in the next uh, next while and 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 push those. But but yeah, I mean this this thing that I did was really like something from like a long time ago that it was like okay. I have this little bit of stuff left over. How can I, I don't care really about my own pocketbook. Right. How can this go to some good use? I gotcha. So that's very yeah, cool. So, so yeah. So it's something where like, I don't really have anything online because there's just not anything to put online. Okay. You know, it was never an online uh, a thing in the sense of like, you know, a blog right. or whatever. It was yeah. Very physical. Everything was very, very physical. So, um, you know, and that's the way I really intended it, you know? So it's, um, I mean, I've, I've toyed with the idea of, and I sent you the PDFs to, to have a PCAP and I toyed with the idea of putting those up online, but, uh, some of it's a little bit, I'd have to, I thought about it. I'm not sure how I, would, how I would do it, you know? Um, because I'd have you, to figure some you, you don't stuff. Have a, I was looking, you don't have like a Facebook or an Instagram page for it at all. No. I mean, it's like Instagram wasn't really happening at the time. And, and like, Facebook could have benefited me a bit, but like, it's not something that like, uh, I really like, I mean, I, I use Facebook a lot, but, right. um, I don't really like to use it. I mean, I use it right. more as a news aggregator or a, a um, you know, communications device. Yeah. I use message wise. I use it to communicate and promote other than that. It, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it was something for me. I was like, no, no, this is a physical thing. Like, you know, like I had a website, a long time ago, right. but, you know, but it's something where it's like, it's not, uh, it's not active, you right. know, like the, 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 the dot com expired a long time ago because it's just something that's like, well, like this is not something that's, uh, pertinent right. in, in yeah. any way at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, cool, so, man. That's, that, that's good that you did a good thing with it. You did what you wanted to do with it. You didn't put anything in your yeah. pocket and that's an awesome thing, dude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, like, I have to give credit to to, to Stu's wife Lee because she's handling a lot of the, the distribution for this thing because it is, you know, because shipping from Canada is just insane. But right. but like, um, but yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, I feel like it's the the least I can do. Right. You, you know, like, uh, and, and I know it's not like a whole lot. Like, I'm not out there. It doesn't you matter. Know, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter so, a lot or a little bit. You're doing something, and then, and that's what you want to do, and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess um, I'm not really in a position to do a lot more in the sense that it's not my country. So, right. sure, and it's not that it, uh, in the sense of like, uh, 
you know, I'm very concerned about involving myself in, in political affairs in another country. Right. You know, I think that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, a pretty slippery slope right, right. there, you know? Yeah. So, um, as somebody who's n- n- not American, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing right. really right. anything in the U S y- y- you know? Sure. So, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm sure that we can go on for another three hours. You know, that we've been going for yeah. two, under two hours. No, no, um, I haven't even gotten the good stuff yet. Oh, right. I feel bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Feel bad about what? You're going for like almost two hours. All right. I mean, I've got lots of stuff. Like, you know, like know. I've got lots of stuff. I know, but stuff. it can't be a six-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I don't want to waste anybody's time. No, you're not wasting anybody's time. All right. But, but dude, I mean, I mean, I mean... Like I, like I said, I'm sure we can go for, for fucking hours and hours because you have such a long, awesome history with this band, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't go from each show to each show and tell stories about each show to each totally. show. Yeah. But what's really cool is that I never thought I would have a, the tour manager for a bunch of <laughs> years with Bane on. Like, you know what I mean? So Yeah. So it's like I said before, it's like a really cool, another perspective on how things were. And, you know, I mean, you know, the other guy that threw your hat on the floor and you went to go eat Dairy Queen after Nick quit the band, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, like yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, dude, I mean, if you want, we could do like a part two, if you want, like to do like more, I, I mean, yeah. I don't even know what the quote unquote good stuff would even be. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, I've I, I come up with some good tour stories, you know. Like, I feel like the tour. Anything I told was like maybe interesting to me, but not interesting in general. But well, like, not necessarily so. I, that's why I was just sitting. I was just sitting here listening to you the whole time. Like, I'm 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 listening, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, if you want, like, you know, we can. If you want, right now, we can take a break. Uh, you can cut it, and I can then go into like a part two right away, and like really get into more like. Uh, uh, maybe more pertinent stuff. <laughs> if you, if so you know what you, you know what you do? Like jog your brain right now, right now, and throw out the best tour story that you got in your mind right now. Okay. Um, all right. I'll give you, I'll give you two. And they're not, they're not super long. Um, okay. And they're not, they're not like, you know, everybody goes crazy for tour stories. You know, Zach is definitely the best. Zach and Bobby are the best storytellers i'm the most maybe detailed storyteller so my stories are less interesting but maybe more uh complete um zach Zach and bobby have the flair so yeah so here's two that are not like maybe put put things into perspective for me so we're in we're in um we're in we've got a show in poland this is like summer 2008 we've got a show in poland so we have a do a festival in the Netherlands, wake up or super early, hit the road, and we've got to get to Poland. And Poland has really bad roads, you know, like they're still suffering from, from, you know, a lot of the USSR stuff. So we're, I just remember we're on this road and we're in this field and there's some trees and whatnot. And it's just like, traffic is like at a dead stop. And we're just like, fuck, like, Let's get this go. Let's get this rolling. We've got a show, you know, like, and just like, it's creeping along, creeping along, creeping along. And like, you know, we're there for a, like a long time. And it was, I was like, okay, like, are we going to get the show? What time going to, you know, like concern, like tour manager concern, you know, finally we sort of like get up to this thing and it's like, oh, 
the reason we're here is like basically like an you know like a full size Audi or Mercedes wrecked like you know basically the smallest car you can find. Right. There's a bunch of dead bodies lined up on the side of the road. You know, like they're in they're in body bags. You know, you can see like three body bags on the side of the road, and it's like, oh, like maybe the concerns of getting to the show are not real concerns. Right. You know, like it's like the show is like if the show starts late because we can't get there because you know we were held up by basically three people getting just shredded. You know, and like. Our concerns are a lot smaller than many of the other concerns in the world, you know. So that was something that, like, always, like, really stuck with me. Like, I don't think anybody else remembers, but that was something where I was like, oh. I'm, I'm sure that everyone who's listening, they'll remember it once you said it. <laughs> yeah. you, you and get, then, like, that, that, might, that might sink in the way back in your head, but as soon as it comes up, it, you know, people will remember that vividly, most likely. Yeah, so it's something where it was like, okay, um, you know, my, con- my concerns are not, uh, are at the the bottom of the list, <laughs> you know, in the general concerns right now. And another is, so we're in Hollywood and we did a show at like, uh, at the knitting factory. And that's like, uh, Southern California, California as a whole, but Southern California, especially is Bain's best market. Like they go there and they kill, you know? Nice. So yeah. like we're, we're at the knitting factory and it's like, I think it's like 450 people or something like that. And like, you know, like, I think it's, I think like that's the capacity, like four, four fifty ish you know, sold out, show goes nuts. It was like trash talk and outbreak. And like, you know, like everybody's going wild and we're all like super happy after the show and how well it went. We go out to eat and we're like, Dard and I are sitting together and we're looking out the window and like, you know, at this restaurant late at night and we're like, sort of like looking out the window at this guy and we're like trying to figure out what's, what's going on. And like, I remember it was like, dude, dude's there with a bunch of friends and he walks off. And we're, you know, so sort of like, and we sort of noticed that we're noticing this guy together, you know, and then like we walk out of the restaurant and, you know, like, like whatever, an hour later walking around and I'm like, oh, it was Michael Sarah that we saw, you know, like the kid from Arrest Development and that. And I'm like, yeah, so here we are, we're like sort of uh, all like, oh yeah, the show was so sick. Like it was so good tonight, like blah, 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 blah. Like you know, not like, not in the sense of like being full of ourselves, but definitely like, you know, thinking we're a big deal, thinking that we're looking out the window and Bedard like, yeah, I thought that might've been like some kid who was like stage diving a bunch of the show, whatever. So we're like looking out the window thinking we're looking at this kid who came out to the Bane show and right. was like going nuts, you know, not really realizing that we're in there. And like in reality is like, you know, we're looking at a like major Hollywood star Right. And it's sort of like, oh, like maybe we're not such a big deal. <laughs> you right. know? Like, and it's, it's like one of those sort of like humbling experiences where it's sort of like, sure. you know what, like, like this is, this is a keep a good perspective on things. Yeah. You know? So like, those are two that really like, really, uh, yeah, really stuck out to me. So that's, yeah. awesome. that's fucked up though. That whole Poland story is fucked up, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I think Pete has... Pete took some pictures and I don't know if he has pictures from that, but I think there's some pictures mixed in. And it's like, I mean, like that car, like, I mean, it was like a, you know, whatever the big, like an A8 or whatever, you know, like, I mean, that small car, it was like, and we're talking like, it wasn't in the middle of the intersection. Like this thing was like rocked 
you know, like a good, good, like, like 50 yards down the road, like that big car was flying, you know, yeah. like, and it's like, damn. Puts things like, in perspective, man. Puts things yeah, in you know. Quick. Fuck, man. Yeah, so, oh, I can tell you one good one. It's, all right, all right, all right. All right. So this isn't necessarily a Bane story, but basically because I'd done that tour with them in the summer and I had that ticket home from Vegas already. So I was like, oh, cool. Uh, this is great. I can go down, see a festival, hardcore festival in, in, uh, called Sync with Cali in California, meet up with my friends, you know, f- basically like f- fly into Vegas. My, my friends in a, uh, playing a band called Faith, a Faith and Fire in Vegas. Uh, go up, do the festival, then go back up, just hang out with them on the road back up to, to, to Seattle. Then I can drive, drive home from there. So it's like, oh, great. You know, I'm going to go down and hang out for a week. So uh, we get into Sacramento and, um, and it's like, oh, cool. You know, like uh, nothing to do here, really. We went swimming, but ended up being in a, in a river that was right at the sewage plant. So we basically, nice. you know, did that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, get to the venue, and um, uh, the guy putting on the show, he sang for this band called Actions Aside, and he was like, I think Bobby maybe knew him a little bit through email or whatever. Bobby was a singer for Faith and Fire, and and he was like, you want to go out to eat? And it was like, yeah, sure. Like I'm hungry, whatever. So it's like three of us, or maybe four of us, because he might have had a friend there, went out to this this Chinese spot. So we're eating, and this was the summer, right around this time records started to go crazy online. Like, I think this was a time that the, the judge record sold for like, I think it was really selling around for 500 bucks a lot of time. And this year, I think it sold for like a few thousand. Like, and people were like, okay, records have gone officially crazy. You know, merch has gone officially crazy at this point. And we started talking about this because we just came back from the festival and everybody had like limited this and limited that and whatever. So we're talking about how it was going so crazy. And this guy was like, oh yeah. So yeah, I've been... He's like, yeah, I've been making a lot of money off that stuff, especially off a lot of like off a lot of Bane merch. And I was like, oh, you know, why the what's the deal with the Bane merch? He's like, oh, people people here don't don't really like him anymore. And I was like, oh, why is that? And he's like, ah, uh, I don't really. And I'm like, no, no, you know, like fill me in. What's the deal? And he was like, ah, uh, they showed up to the show and they had this like paper with like all these things they were asking for and like started telling this big story. And I was like, Oh, what, what were they asking for? You know? And he's like, I don't want to talk about you. What were they asking for? And he's like, they wanted a BMX bike. And I was like, what? And he's like, they, they had this paper and they said they, they were only going to play the show if they got a BMX bike. What the fuck? And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, here's the deal. I just got off tour with me. Right. And the guy went, went white. <laughs> and I was like, first off, what you're talking about is a rider, a hospitality rider. Pretty much every band has that. Bane's hospitality rider is the, the minimum. They ask, basically, Bobby wants a couple beers. Dard wants some, some uh, uh, chips and dip. We want a bunch of water and some towels, and we're not really asking for anything else beyond that. Right. And he was, he was like, and I was like, so what you're talking about is a hospitality rider. I've seen that rider. I know exactly what's on it. Right. 
they are not asking for a BMX bike. It's the weirdest shit ever. I'm what old. they do have in their trailer, they do take their their BMX bikes on tour with them because they had a really big trailer at the time. Right. So it was like, yeah, like we'll hop out and we'll ride our bikes around the parking lot or something. <laughs> but I was like, it was like, like I did, I don't know what Bobby's reaction was, but we were both basically like. Do you think Bane asks for a BMX bike at every show? Yeah, it's for you. You go home from tour. That's just 30, yeah, 30 BMX bikes at the end of tour. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What world do you live in? Where yeah. they, like, and like, you know, for doing shows, I've seen crazy riders, you I'm know, so when, sure. you know, when it's just sort of like, I'm doing an all ages show for like, you know, 200 kids. Right. Like, I am not getting you guys this stuff. You right. know, and this guy is like, he was, he was, it was like defiant. He was just like BMX bike. And I was like, I was like, oh, this guy is so proud of himself right now. And I'm like, and I'm like, dude, two weeks ago, I was on that tour. Yeah. yeah. Let me throw you in. Yeah. So but yeah, it was like, you know what I mean? Like he was so like, he was so like, let me show this off. Let me show off what I know. No. And then it was like, it was like, it was just like, he sort of like, melted <laughs> a little bit yeah. it's just the most utterly ridiculous thing ever. yeah and of all yeah. things the bmx bike it's like bmx bike like yeah, what? yeah. so ridiculous. yeah so that became like a big joke for a while it was like of yeah being uh, wants bmx bikes <laughs> no they don't. <laughs> no, they, they don't they really don't <laughs> that's hysterical shit all right well check this out Whenever I, when, when this when this comes out, I always put it up on YouTube raw, just like this, and yeah. put it. You know, I'll like I'll run it on the Facebook page raw, just like this, and then the audio, I put my intro, and I always end with a song. Okay. So, so I will. I guess. Well, yeah. You, you're gonna have to pick your unless it was chosen on the last, you know, series. What's what Bane song am I? What's your favorite Bane song? I mean, unless like, it's chosen before. No, no. Like I really like a lot of stuff off of the all comes down to this because that record is like I know they don't really like the record, and I know a lot of people don't. But I mean, like to me, that's like unreal. Like yeah. that's like you know, like I look at that and I'm like, this is like this is pure creativity. You know, like this is yeah. This is a this is a band that is like not afraid to do five minute songs with ten parts. Yeah, go off on weird directions. Yeah, and do weird stuff. So like, Which, yeah. So hey. I mean, like, so so I mean, like, I mean, like, I uh, you know, like, it, it, the thing is though is that like, I think like my, I don't know if that has my favorite Bane song on it. So I, I'm tempted to, to 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 pick something off of there. But I'm gonna go down uh, with with both guns blazing, because awesome. they, they they when they when they played that to end a show like whenever I saw that set list and I was just like, oh, Bane's ending with both guns blazing. I have my work cut out for me tonight. Right. I don't know. Did you, did you ever see them play that as a last song? I did. Yeah. So yeah. they're gonna go for like ten minutes maybe. There's gonna be stuff flying over all over the place. Yeah. It's like you know chaos. zach yeah zach is going to be screaming into his guitar like it's like get out of the way yeah. like that like i mean that song like at the end it's just like okay it's about to go down like right. 
you know, like, I mean, I remember seeing them play that in Quebec City on a Strung Out tour. And I was like, why is Strung Out going on stage? Bain was direct, direct support. And I was like, the show's over. Right, show's everybody, over. Everybody go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've seen, you've, you've, you've seen it. Standing there staring at you after that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rolling Stones might be on next or whatever, but the show is over. Right. So, so, like, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to end with Both Guns Blazing, one of my favorites. All right, sounds cool. One of my favorites. Steven, my yeah. man, thank you, bro. All right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, man, I will definitely, I'll definitely be in touch. I'll let you know what the deal is. I'm glad you like yeah. the flyer I made. You're like, oh, my, I look so serious in the flyer. Yeah, bro, yeah. you sent me those pictures. <laughs> That's sort of work. I've got nothing else. I mean, like, I don't have a lot of pictures of myself. I was going to say, you know, if, if you can get, get like, you know, Nick and Pete and Stu and, and, and B-Shaw as well, you know, those are good guys to talk to. Well, this is well. This is part four out of five in the second Bane series, and okay. I have. Well, I'll say it. Well, I have I have Pete, which which yeah. Pete already aired. People already listened to Pete. Um, okay. I have Stu, and people already listened to Stu. And last week I dropped Nick, and then there's you, and then I'm going to save what next week is. For in a couple, we're on podcast. Oh, okay. so in a couple of days, I will announce who part five is of Bane Park. Oh, awesome. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, I didn't know you had those guys already. That's awesome. Because, yeah. like, there's a lot of uh, I mean, obviously, everyone knows we're on podcast. So you're the first one that I'm recording with, but you're part four. And I have all of next week is lined up. Bang, 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 bang. Okay, cool. you're going to have to send me a flow chart because this is like, <laughs> it's Listen, I, I was going nuts. I have all kinds of things written down and, it's it, it's a lot in order to keep my ducks in a row, but it's yeah, totally. I got it. Yeah, I got it. All right, cool. Yeah, dude. So you right. you technically you're part four, but you're technically in 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 real time. You're kicking off this five part series. All right. Yeah. I mean, whatever you know, whatever works best for you. So. Yeah, man. Now, do you have any social media or anything like that? That that anything like Instagram or anything like that? People want you to follow. No, nothing. Like nothing important. I mean, like uh, uh, at both and zine at bandcamp.com. Okay. is really like uh you know really the only thing that's going right now and that's okay. really just as a as a fundraiser for stuff awesome. you know um like Stu's doing the gofundme thing to get that uh that final bane show up it's um, all, well it's well i mean this yeah. is sunny had put it up for 20 uh, donations up to twenty five thousand dollars. it was it superseded that and went past that within 24 hours yeah, I think they're oh. like 32, 33 right now. So. At this point, yeah, I didn't even check. I checked it this morning, and it was like at 31, so it's probably more than that. But yeah. last I heard, like, like I said, everybody knows this is a month or so later. Um, it's uh, Zach was – I mean, the, the, as we're doing this right now, the last show is probably out. Um, yeah, totally. Last, yeah, so yeah. That Zach was talking with, um, with Sonny from 856, and they were deciding on a release date. Yeah. So cool. As we're speaking oh, right now, it's probably out. It might might have been out for a while, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome right. stuff, man. All right, cool. Yeah, dude. All right. Be good up there in Canada. All right. Yeah, man. And stay uh, safe in New York. That that okay. place is wild right now. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. All right. I just all I, right. I got to do regardless. Fair enough. Both guns blazing, my man. <laughs> Later, brother. All right. Thanks. 
I've been looking for you for eight months. Whenever I should have had a gun in my right hand, I thought of you. Now I find you in exactly the position that suits me. I had lots of time to learn how to shoot with my left. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Just tap them on the shoulder anymore. You have to hit them with a sledgehammer. 